Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the five-year plan end-of-season podcast. Hey! Pod one forty-two, I think, um, and it's the last pod of this season. Oh. Can I get an R? Is it really? oh. yeah, no, no one cares. Okay. Um, we've got Kevin Day. Hello, Andy Street. Hello, and we've got two special guests for you this week. We're delighted to have. Well, returning to the pod. Uh, Steve Browett. Hello. And Keith Millen. Hello there. Hey. Welcome back. Thank you very much. You got one clap from Andy Steele. So. <laughs> I'm generous today. Um, how are you both? Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, relieved and yeah. um, very proud. Yeah. It's been a good 24 hours in the life of Crystal Palace. How are you feeling? It's today? been. Uh, it's been. Well, it's been a very good 24 hours to, to go up three three places, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. One on the weekend to finish tenth is. Um, Fantastic. It's been well, a- one of the joys of supporting a club like Palace, and Arsenal fans, Man United fans will never know this, but it was genuinely exciting at the end of the game yesterday to find out that we were moving up two places in the table. And celebrating finishing 10th was just fantastic, considering where we were five years ago. Mm. Yeah. To find ourselves 10th yeah. in the Premier League. If you, was just if you support a team that, that's finished first five times or 10 uh, times in yeah. history, if you finish, where, where did Arsenal finish? Fourth, fifth, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a bit of a disappointing season. But our club's existed since 1905, so that's um, what is that? Uh, 110 years. Yeah. And this is our second highest ever finish yeah. Yeah. ever, yeah. ever, ever, and ever. The highest ever in the Premier League. Yeah. The highest, in, mm. highest in the Premier League. Yeah. And I think it's a, is it not our second highest points total ever? I think, think so. Well. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, so you know the. 110 years is a long time and, and, and for us to have achieved that this season when 
football is very competitive and mm. uh, there's a lot of clubs out there with a lot of money. It's a fantastic achievement. And we, a big and achievement. we achieved it with arguably one of the best performances of the season as well, I thought, despite what the tabloids dismissing it as a dull end of season. Yeah, I thought we were brilliant yesterday. Yeah, we for, for the whole the nine game, minutes. Yeah. The whole game, yeah. We did. Against we all, the team we always struggle against as mm. well, against the team who've passed us off the pitch in the last two times we played mm. them. Exactly. No, we, we, we've really struggled in the past here at Swansea because they, they've controlled the game. They've yeah. passed it round and we've chased shadows a lot of the time in the past. But, but yesterday, uh, you know, we were, as Keith said, we, we, we were controlling the game for long periods. We were. Speaking of controlling um, the print and embroidery industry, we... <laughs> <laughs> to get it in somehow <laughs> we have a sponsor of course and that sponsor is vector printing for all your print and embroidery needs go to vector.co.uk and for the last time this season that's vector with a okay i'm not saying it because you told me i'm not so paying us i i've decided i've already put too much effort going their way for the amount of they, money they're actually it's, paying it's us. a fair deal for everyone involved um good so there you go we're sponsored by vector and we appreciate their money um, right so sorry to interrupt you we were talking about the Swansea game of course um, uh, big result a few changes for, for yesterday's game is that an indication possibly of what we might be seeing next season Keith or is it giving a few guys a run out what was the kind of deal there I think he wanted to look at a few players um, in different areas uh, Shamak as a number nine uh, he's not seen before Alan so that was one thing um, Breda I've got to say, I've worked with some good pros in my time, but he's up there with mm. the best of them. Week in, week out, he, he trains every day like it's his last training session, and he's just ready when you need him. He really is a model pro. Well, he was great he, yesterday. He came in yesterday and yeah. quite rightly got man and match against a difficult centre forward. So, uh, talking like talk about the team selection though, Keith, because the, the Liverpool game of all the three kind of went. A little bit unnoticed in all the publicity, but I think a lot of Palace fans' eyebrows probably went up when they saw the team sheet for Liverpool. Because mm-hmm. that kind of that can't have been about giving people a run out. Surely that was more of a look to the. That was that was uh, more of a tactic. Right. Okay. More of a tactic rather than just um, just playing Hangler, uh, playing Shimmer to sort of stop Gerard getting off the mm-hmm. back four. And that, like, yeah. No, that was um, that was more of a tactical ploy rather than just seeing players in certain positions to win the game. Right. So. Um, no, we the last two games. I think the the attitude of the players has been really sums them up as a group. Um, we, we've certainly gone for them, and uh, I mean yesterday was really I, I summed us up for the whole ninety minutes that we we wanted to win that game. Yeah. Especially yeah. given the fact that we before that we lost four on the spin, mm. but we weren't actually that bad no. in most of the games, particularly against the two bigger teams in that four. We played quite well. So is it difficult for the players after when you get on that kind of run to to, to I guess to keep going and to. I know, somehow turn it around. Well, that, that, is, Liverpool. that is the Premier League though, isn't it? You can quite easily have them runs where you can lose three, four, five games on the spin and actually play quite well. But you can't let it affect you too much, your confidence. Mm. And I think we've learned that as a group over the last couple of years. We've had some bad runs that we've managed to sort of keep going and eventually it will turn. We didn't have that little bit of luck, I, I felt, against Chelsea and Man United. Um, no, absolutely not. I mean, at, at Chelsea... Apart from that penalty, which I still don't think was a penalty, you know, there wasn't wasn't much in it considering they're the champions. Mm. Um, and and Jules saved it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, missed yeah. the rebound. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think Alan made the point that, that from those three games against those three top top teams, we deserved three points. Mm. We probably should have got a draw in each of them, mm. um, but but instead we got the three points against Liverpool. But but mm. we were 
you know, we, we, we played very well against Chelsea and Man United. Second and as Keith said, the great thing is that the, you know, the team didn't let their heads drop because they lost those other two. And against Liverpool, we, uh, you know, there were, there, there were times when we were fantastic. Yeah. I, I thought Punch had his, yeah. his yeah. best game ever. Yeah. Shamak was, was brilliant. Yeah. Great to see him back. Suarez uh, looks like he's turning into a really good player. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they all play well. But you, you know it was really good, especially yesterday, because the Liverpool game was quite intense because of the emotions of Gerrard. But yesterday, the Hangerland sort of encapsulated this. They all looked like they were enjoying themselves. Yeah. The Hangerland looked like he was just full of the joys of spring. Yeah. Really enthusiastic. And I mean, that tackle he flew into, you mm. could see a big smile on his face as he flew through the air. As he knew he was going to get the ball cleanly. But I, I thought Dan got a lot of confidence from Hangerland yeah. as well. Yeah, we was really on the front foot yeah, as, as a back four. Yeah, we, sometimes we've not been great at during during the season. We can sometimes sit a little bit deep as a back four, and um, I thought yesterday um, that they summed up what the team was about. They were stepping in front of the centre forwards. We were getting tight to them, and then it allows the, the whole team to do the same. Was that the key to the uh, home form then that we talked about? Because it has been pretty poor. I mean, is that yeah. is that? I know Alan Pardew kind of poo pooed the idea a little bit that it was simply so it was a layman's view. We talk about team sitting deep, he said it's more than that. But so yeah. is that the way because I mean yesterday was the first time we actually dominated a game at home for nine yeah. minutes for a long time. I thought I felt the whole team was on the front foot um, and we pressed Swans all over the pitch and they never allowed them to get their passing game going. Mm. Um, at home also you find that not necessarily the whole team sits deeper against us, but I think they block up our spaces for our wide men. And our wide men quite often have two men to beat, whereas yeah, away yeah, from home, yeah. you, they're normally up against a, a, a full-back, and our wide men on a good day can terrorise anyone. Yeah. Whereas at home, like Dyer was getting back yesterday to try and help his full-back, yeah, because yeah. they know how dangerous they are. And I think that's one of the things we've got to learn. Certainly our wide men have got to learn and improve on that teams are going to double up on them at times. And well, I thought that was interesting because Palacio had one of his quieter games recently, but it just meant there are other people who will have space on the pitch yeah. to, to do creative things as yeah. well. So they can be part of a move do, rather than being yeah, the yeah. be all and end all of a move. Yeah. So I mean, we can expect to see the fullbacks rampaging forward next season then to support or you know, a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to be completely wide open. I hope we're not. But as um, <laughs> a defender, <laughs> like a few more clean sheets. Suarez uh, seems. I know I'm a bit of a layman, but Suarez seems to me to be a much more attacking type of fullback. Yeah, he is. Yeah, um, but he's he's quick enough. When when we scouted him, uh, we knew what he was like going forward. There was question marks about his defending, but we did feel he was quick enough and athletic enough to become a a, a good defender. Yeah, and, and we've done a lot he's of work with him. Quick, yeah, yeah. and um, he can cross the ball, can't he? Yeah, no, he's got a good end product. So uh, I think each game he's played. The good thing is he's improved and he's learning and we've, we've done a lot of video work with him and he, he takes that in, his English is improving. That's good. So he feels part of the group more now. Yeah. Um, so no, we're quite excited about working with him in pre-season. He also wears a very nice hat. Yeah, I've seen his dress codes. Is it not? Slightly not, questionable. Not Didn't he wear a pork pie to? He, wore, he wore like a Breaking Bad water uh, white. Uh, does, does, does Alan Pardew speak any French yet with all the French players? No. Know? He doesn't? No. Okay. No, he doesn't. No, I've not heard him oh. say it. No. <laughs> Unless he's keeping that in his back pocket. <laughs> no, I just wondered with all the... Because he had... I mean, Harvard's dressing room French, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he thought he was Alan Pardieu. <laughs> Pardieu. <laughs> well, there's an air of Gallic sophistication about him, isn't there? <laughs> um, 
It smells nice as well. Close up. Uh, really? Oh, okay. I feel like I've learned something new. Good. Seems to have shocked your son. What, um, I think what's nice about it, this squad, and we said this on the pod a few times, is it's the first time for a while, and, and I think you said it earlier on in the season, uh, Keith, it's, it's a proper squad, as in depth. First time for a while, we had a real options and depth, and like you said, with Breda coming in or whoever, you know, if there's injuries and stuff. And I guess that's, that's the key to, I guess, to progressing in the Premier League. Yeah, the competition for places. The last few games, we've said it each game, this is probably the strongest bench we've had, and then the following week, we've almost beat that. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the Liverpool away when we had, I think, Melee, Delaney, Murray, mm. um, yeah, Julian. Mm. It was an unbelievably experienced yeah. bench. Mm. And that's where we've really grown. As Each transfer window, we've added two or three good players that have improved the squad mm. and unfortunately we've left sort of some behind because I think we've improved that quick um, some of the players not really had a chance to play they've done nothing wrong mm. but the group have been that that good that the other ones have just not had a chance are the so. ones that aren't getting in happy to be part of the squad be part of the team wait for their chance or are people I guess people just get frustrated don't mm. they, when they're not getting chances I think they realise they're part of a, of a squad and we keep emphasising that that it's not about 11 or 12 it's about having 18, 20 players um, I think you've seen with Alan he, he will chop and change the yeah. team for no rhyme or, well there will be a reason but if we win a couple of games you, you could quite easily change the team mm. so I think everyone's got to be ready to play their part mm. there are players that aren't even in the 25 yeah. that mm. are very good players that unfortunately just not been given a chance so but that's because we've moved on so quickly I reckon we must have used I mean I, I haven't got the maths to back this up I we seem to have used more players from the squad than any other season in recent memory I can recall yeah. it's not simply a question like it used to be that the first eleven picked itself I mean it, it, mm. you, as I say you can't second guess anymore who's going to be starting and that's, yeah. it's been a long time since, yeah. since that happened. I think you could ask the supporters and I think nearly everyone would probably say a different team yeah. the yeah, strongest point, 11 yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be very difficult to pick your strongest 11 now yeah. Well, the same for, same for player of the season. Yeah. First time in a while, we come to the player of the season, and not everyone's agreed on who's going to get it. There's, mm. there's four or five players there that could have easily all got it. In the end, it was Scott, Scott Dan, Dan yeah. which I think no one disagreed with. But I you got Punch, MacArthur. I think, yeah. I think the season had been four weeks longer, Punch probably would have got it. And yeah. the vice the president's player of the year was... M- MacArthur? MacArthur. Yeah, James MacArthur, yeah. yeah. The, the, the player of the year from the people who were at the Fairfield Halls was Scott Dan. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the yesterday, the HF... Yeah, the idea was punch, yeah. and we'd all well, agree that nice. all three of those yeah, covered yeah. all three really. Yeah. Could have won it, yeah. exactly. and there's a couple of others who could have won yeah, it as well. It's um, it's it's just it's just a good time. It's just a good time, isn't <laughs> it? it? Come on, it's, it's makes just, it harder to do the pod, though. It does. It does make it harder. Thankfully, we've got about a hundred questions <laughs> from our listeners. <laughs> there's nothing to moan about, is there? It's, it's absolutely terrible. We haven't had anything to moan about for. Oh, yeah, ages. Give it a couple of years, and we're not in the Champions League places. People, <laughs> people will find something to moan about. Don't worry. Well, that's a fair point. Is because um, Alan did say in, in his uh, post-match speech yesterday. Uh, he said our expectation in the squad will be high, but you guys, the fans, don't get yours too high. Is that a fair enough thing to say? Because fans naturally are going to start to be. Yeah, we what's m- the next we, we as Palace fans <laughs> must not turn into the, you know, Charlton Newcastle, Newcastle fans, for example, yeah. or yeah. you know. Spurs fans always seem to moan when they're not sixth. It's like, oh, he's well, not terrible. Charlton were the classic example. Kirby was more or less forced out because they were demanding you know, European football rather than just survival. I mean, you, 
our first goal next season should be staying up again, basically. Yeah. Well, I think you, you, get, you, get to that, so. you get to 40 points as quick as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you kick on from there, don't yeah. you? It's felt different this season. It felt, which is odd because it's kind of got the same, some most of the same player. Last season felt like a championship team that had gone on a really good cup run. Yeah, you know, twelve <laughs> games. But this time it felt more like a professional Premier League team, and it's, it's been less exciting because it happened almost straight away. Almost as soon as Pardew came in, yeah. we kind of looked like a decent team that, that probably would stay up. Mm. So there hasn't been that sort of edge of the seat stuff going on yeah? I mean just we just look a really good work in progress yeah, yeah, yeah. which is which is delightful to see well, and also it's really nice that Alan picked you out for praise last week at the player of the year thing as well yeah no, which, was, was, which was nice yeah, no, what the fans all, all think as well yeah that no, was nice but. and and we have got a lot of questions for you Keith in part <laughs> two so uh, get ready for that um, what what are our expectations though going to be from in, inside inside the training ground I think um, to keep improving well certainly have a better start to the season <laughs> yeah I think that's really going to be important we get off to a good start that would be I think if we can then I think we can kick on from there mm-hmm. no doubt you'll have a bad spell during the season every team does that but um, to start well we don't need to add many players I mean we, we were looking to maybe bring a few but not many mm. um, so it's more a case now a little bit of keeping the ones we've got yeah. Yeah. which is probably the first winder yeah. we've probably been able to say that yeah. Yeah. we have got yeah. proper Premier League players now yeah. there's going to be interest isn't there in, in Yannick Melee. Um, I don't know well, from the outside it, when, you, when you work with them day in day out and you support them every week you don't always see sort of how good they are mm. from the outside when, when we speak to other coaches and managers they're very complimentary about our players so after the, after we played them, and then you sit back and you think, yeah, they ain't bad actually. Mm. Um, so I think you've got to give the players a lot of credit this year. And that's managers and fans and TV pundits. Um, you know, it's when you get TV pundits saying, "Oh, I thought Yann- I've been talking about Yannick Balassi for ages." What when he was in Plymouth Reserves? Yeah. Um, they, that's only one week now and then, but we see them every week, and we we do know actually how how much they have progressed in mm. the team and how good players like Yannick have become. Just yeah. from, from, I guess, from working hard and, and playing each week. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, no, no. it's funny how the rumour wheel kicks in. Though, you know, Yannick has a particularly good game against Liverpool. Liverpool fans applaud him. Sterling looks like he's going. Everyone puts two and two together. Yannick's going to Liverpool for twenty million quid. Mm-hmm. And it, so it, it, these things take hold in the imagination. And sometimes it's a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. They become true because you kind of you wish it to happen in a way. Yeah. yeah. Not sure. Want to swap one middle of the road top top the half uh, so, Premier so, League yeah. team for another? To be honest. Though. Well, surely they would look at. I mean, wouldn't Yannick look at? I mean, I know in the end, no matter how much we love a player, it's down, it's down to money. Of course, it is. And if you can get more money, you wouldn't stand in anyone's way. But he's already an established international, so going to a bigger club is not going to help that. But surely they would look at what happened to Wilf at Man United and just mm. think, you know, I'm part of a really good, exciting, progressive team here. There's no guarantee if he goes to a top four or five team, he's not going to start every week. No. I imagine. No. What, what worries you with players? is the, the people they're taking advice from sometimes yeah, yeah. because the, we us as coaches the manager can sit down and I know Yannick loves training and working yeah. at Crystal Palace without a doubt um, and if you ask me I don't think he is ready for that move yet I don't think it would help his career yeah. um, but you have people trying to advise them sometimes that can have a big influence on players of course, of course. so it, it's going to be difficult but um, no, I think the club's in, the, you know, in that stronger position as well 
we don't need to sell, yeah. which obviously yeah, is, yeah. is a big factor as well. So, and I guess there must be the players. They seem like, and this is the, an outsider's view, but they seem like a, a bunch that enjoys training together, enjoys playing together. There seems to be a real unity there, which has been there for a couple of years. Mm. Surely that is going to be a factor in, in potentially players staying that might have interest. Yeah, no, without a doubt. No, <coughs> like Alan says, the, the group, you can't believe what a good group they are to work with. Um, compared with, not saying Newcastle were a bad group, but they were different. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said this group is probably the best group he's worked with. I mean, well, it's a good dressing room. Well, that's good. Not, maybe not technically, yeah, yet, but, but, yeah, but as a group to listen and work and demand of each other then they do take some beating. So does that mean when you when you recruit players then, do you kind of have a look at their personality as well? To, yeah, yeah you do, but I them. think the group's that strong now that we can probably deal with a different personality because if you're looking at top players, you're going to get different people, yeah. aren't you? They're not always going to be that perfect professional that you want. Like so it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be uh, issues sometimes, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah. But that's not a bad thing, you just got to be able to deal with them. Yeah. And the dress room's that strong that they, they can put people in their place if they need to. Well, it seems like a lot of leaders on the pitch as well, which we haven't always had in the past. Yeah. There's a lot of talking going on, which we yeah. haven't always had in the past either mm. as well, which is mm. always encouraging. Mm. And especially when we said earlier this season, especially when Mele went, yeah. there was other people stepping Still up. Stepping up yeah. Ledley, yeah. Ledley was stepping up, yeah. people were doing the job that he might have done. Can I, can I end part one? Yes. On a question from a reader, I know it's a, it's a bit from a reader, unorthodox. Yeah. A listener, sorry, a listener. We got a question from. It'd be amazing if we had a reader who listened. <laughs> um, Otis the cat. Oh, Hi, Otis. Otis. Says what? What's your favourite Palace moment from this season? So that can go to everyone. Well, I know it's a bit of a. It's a bit of a. Used to be a that used to be a difficult question to answer because there generally weren't that many, but. There's been a, quite a few to choose from. No, it was an easy question to answer. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah. I think I think the uh, I think probably the final whistle of the Man City game mm-hmm. for me probably because that was a you know in the past we've always struck. I mean there's two things I've really loved about this season is that f- f- we took a lot of points off the bottom clubs, we took 14 points off the three clubs that came up, which we haven't always done in the past. And um, for the first time, because we've always talked in the past about struggling against big teams at least we beat Liverpool twice mm-hmm. beat Tottenham and beating Man City with a proper proper performance on the night yeah. I mean it's back to the wall stuff sometimes but it was a proper football I think for me that was a, probably the most exciting mm-hmm. just that but again there have been, there have been I think Mille's free kick against Liverpool that would probably be my phone was I think brilliant. I wasn't there but Yannick's the little chip at Sunderland yeah that was the was lovely, well, not the not a key moment, but the, probably the most enjoyable, which was sort of the question, was it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah was probably so. the Yannick's hat trick at Sunderland. Because, yeah. I mean, you, you were safe, we knew we won the game, and you, you could really enjoy the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, especially for him, I was so pleased for him to get the hat trick and the mm. way he scored the hat trick. Yeah, yeah. mm. that, was, that was an enjoyable time. Mm. Steve? I love, I love that as well. I, I was in a, a bar in New York with, with a load of Palace fans. Uh, and, and the kids and we were watching that and that that was it 10 minutes or something well, I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah it, it seemed really great. quick but it, it was fantastic because we and so, and so, seeing all the Sunderland fans walking out <laughs> <laughs> also it was one of those it's moments because it was the uh, it was a day of the Grand National so I know it was nil nil at half time so the Grand National was a bit late started so I'll just go and check the scores you just you do a double take it's like yesterday seeing Stokes finding up at half time. You, do you have to look at it and go, is it say four? <laughs> 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 Balassi, 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 that's just fair. And I believe it was the 
third or fourth quickest ever Premier League hat trick? It's gone down to about or second. Seven. No, I don't know. I didn't read really it. No, it's about eighth, but it's gone down there obviously after that. Okay. Remarkable Southampton one. Okay. Andy, what favourite moment from the season? Well, I, I, I dislike QPR for a plethora of reasons, although Chris Ramsey's quite a nice guy. Um, so schooling them so heavily that they knew they'd been thoroughly outplayed and beaten within half an hour was pretty special at Selhurst. And we went into that game with some people who shall remain Kevin, saying that we weren't mathematically safe yet. So to outclass a team who were really down in the mire today. We were mathematically safe. There we go. No, we there goes. Brought it up again. Safe. It's fine. I'm, that was I'm two thirds away through the season. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that showed... It's not been quite a season of ups and downs in the same way that last season was, because it's been, you know, just a more consistent and professional, you know, approach mm. from, I think, everyone, to be perfectly honest. But that was a real performance that showed, you know, we really deserve to be towards the middle of the Premier League table and um, I enjoyed it a great deal because it was QPR good okay that's a nice positive way to end part one in part two we got a lot of questions from you listeners um, so join us in a bit Hello listeners, welcome back to the uh, Five Year Plan podcast. Yay! Uh, pod 142, last pod of the season. Oh. Uh, sponsored by Vector Printing. For all your print and embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector with a... Okay. 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 Good. Right, we've no, got... And if you're listening, Vector, that's credit card with a C. <laughs> <laughs> for upping the money that you're paying us. It's, it's, it's a fair deal for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> By that I mean for me. me. Um, okay, we've got a lot of questions from our listeners, so let's crack on with them. The first question comes from Kevin Childs. Hi, Hi Kevin. Um, I think it's directed for Steve. Oh. It says, can we now make Selhurst Park red and blue again now Nutella has gone? It's Nettella, not n- Nutella. <laughs> oh, is it? How do you pronounce it? Uh, n- Nettella. Oh, Nettella. Oh, right, okay. It's not Nutella. Not the spread. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, Jay, that's Jay's little joke. He's been doing that all season. <laughs> yeah, it, the, the stadium will not be will not be green next season. Um, not even the pitch. The, pi- oh. the pitch. the pitch should be green. The pitch. The pitch <laughs> right. will, will, will the, the, the pitch the will be pitch. beautiful next season. This new pitch we're getting. It will be a Deso pitch, which you can look up on. Be better than the pitch this season. Internet. See what a Deso pitch is. What's a Deso pitch? <laughs> uh, well, Keith will tell you what a Deso. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh, it's, it's a natural grass pitch, but I think it's about ten percent is is like a fibre that's sewn in okay. to to the, the surface, mm-hmm. so it makes it a lot firmer, a lot harder wearing, and it is actually firmer under. You can actually feel the difference. Does anyone else have it? Or yeah, you? most of the big boys do. The big boys. So yeah. better for a passing game then. And that's well, all, it, that's it, all football. It, it lasts longer. Mm-hmm. You can play a lot more games on it. Like Swansea's have had it for a few years now, and they have the rugby on it as well. And then that's yeah, and I think Watford have rugby. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Some yeah. other Hull, I think. Have. Hull. Yeah. You know, and you can have a football match and a rugby, well, a football team and a rugby team playing there, and yet it's still. We, we got a rugby team. Good. No, but it means the London Welsh It means that the, the, the pitch can cope with a lot of wear and tear. That's good. That's great. It was cutting up all over the pitch yesterday, wasn't it? Not just yeah. the other rings. It was a lot of slipping, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I've schematted <coughs> that glorious little piece of wizardry and then yeah. slipped himself, didn't he? Yeah. So on the question of sponsors, when will he be able to announce who the new sponsors are? Uh, fairly soon, I think. Um, but I better not say anything. Either. No, of course not. Okay. But, so, um, but not, not green. Anyway, okay. All right. to the question. Um, I've got a question about the pitch, though. 
Um, they seem to water it a lot before games. Is that at the request of players or staff or someone? They do it on purpose. The manager. Decides. I don't say accidentally. The washers are naked. Yeah, no, the. Uh, the manager decides on how much water he wants on it and also the length of the grass mm-hmm. you can get away with a slight variation on the length probably people wouldn't really notice but you can you can make it a little bit quicker mm-hmm. or slow the it players down. like it if it if the pitch is wet then or because i think well the ball moves quicker yeah right um, so how does it work so okay, the shorter the grass the wetter the grass the quicker the ball moves. yeah yeah, yeah the ball will move a lot quicker. I remember john beck at cambridge used to have the grass longer in, in the, the corners in the corners so yeah that, so because he just used to hoof it long and it would stick in the mm-hmm. it would slow down in the corners so, so against yeah. an arsenal would you then make sure that it's a little bit longer and a bit you could choose to, to dry it up and yeah. let it grow a little bit right. yeah apparently yeah. steve Coppel in the uh, you know the, the team in the late 80s when, when we were playing very long ball direct yeah. football getting out to right and bright he used to get the groundsman to rough the pitch up. Oh, well. But they'd actually make it deliberately not smooth. Oh, OK. Interesting. Because we didn't really play it on the yeah, ground, yeah. so there's no, you know... OK. It was to our advantage to, to make the pitch... Uh, Just roll it over with a rotor yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. OK. A next question from John Vince. Hi, John. Hi, John. Hi, John. He says, is the first round of the beer festival on Steve? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, between 12 o'clock and one minute past, <laughs> I'm all the beer. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of people at the beer festival. I've made Keith twisted his arm around his back. He's coming along, aren't you, Keith? <laughs> and indeed, yeah. and uh, he, he's going to bring a couple of players with him. Um, well, Julian's going to be there to present the award for the Six Society to the to FYP team. That's already, you know, you're going to get to watch. You're going to get to watch me and Andy play in the Six Society tournament on the pitch. Yeah, well, you've so got the Browett team against you, which doesn't include me, by the way. <laughs> but my I've already got an agent sorted, just in case. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Julian is presenting the prize at the BBS uh, Six Aside. Brilliant. Um, Julian's got to learn to say no or something. Yeah. <laughs> Does this just say yes to everything? No, he said, he said, my mum has come over from Argentina. I've got to take her to the airport that afternoon. But yeah, don't worry, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> but I'm, I'll have to bring my brother with me because we've got to then go back to get my mum to take her to the airport. I mean, any other player would have just said, no, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but Julian, such a, such a great player. Can I point out, by the way, Steve, you've now, because you, you've publicly said you're buying around between 12 and 1 minute past 12 Neil the Fish <laughs> yeah. we'll be taking you up on it he'll be well, there with his stopwatch I'll, I'll buy one for Neil <laughs> okay. um, John has a second part to his question oh, he says, and this is for Keith how is Keith how, it, how is Keith's working relationship with Super Al I'm guessing pretty good yeah it's, it is pretty good yeah yeah. we uh, we knew each other um, for more of a so- socially rather than professionally before sort of growing up really in the area mm-hmm. when we were younger so we sort of knew each other in that respect you never um, played t- together no we never played in the same team it um, sounds like mm-hmm. a lot of stories involved in that growing up together yeah. socially <laughs> just around the area we'd see each other just out every now and then for the odd drink so uh, we knew we'd be alright socially but um, professionally uh, I've never worked with him and um, I've got to say he's, I've been really impressed with the way he goes about his work mm-hmm. Re- really up there with uh, Tony was very good very thorough but Alan is as well and uh, he, he certainly knows the game Is it always a big because like you've been here for four different yeah, managers four now. now is it always yeah. like a little bit of an upheaval when uh, when hopefully it won't happen again for a little while now and we can yeah. sort of put that one in the past but is it always a little bit of an upheaval when a new guy comes in with sort of new ideas and new sort of ways yeah. of work and all that sort yeah, of stuff Yeah I think for all the staff that uncertainty of 
not really sure whether you're going to be in the new manager's plans. Um, got to learn very quickly what he wants. So that that's probably the biggest thing you have to you have to pick up. Um, but Alan has come in and he's worked with the, the people that are at the club, and um, and it's gone well. So uh, he's he's very thorough. He, he tells you what he wants every morning. We have staff meetings, so we all know where we stand, and he expects you to get on with it. And if, if you do it well, then great. If you don't do it well, then like any job, you you probably won't be there very long. Mm-hmm. So at, at the moment, he seems happy with what we've been doing, and um, but it's an enjoyable place to be. You yeah. know, the training ground yeah, is yeah. really. Uh, a good environment, and I think that's something that Alan's really keen on, on keeping. Also, well, it must be for him as well. With without getting into what happened at Newcastle, so he must be more relaxed coming to work than he has been for a long yeah. time. Because well, of he's the home, pressure. isn't he? Exactly. Yeah, he's the pressure home. he was under from. You can't win with Newcastle fans, really. Whatever you do, you can't win because he's not a Geordie for a start. He's not one of them, and he mm. was seen as a bit of a yes man for Ashley, wouldn't he? So he was always under pressure from the fans, even when they were finishing fifth. Yeah, Premier League. So yeah. he must he must enjoy coming into work in a way that yeah. he probably well, hasn't think, done I for think, a while. Yeah. Really. Being at home, the, the, I mean the travelling he doesn't have to do now. It's, yeah. it's tiring, mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that I think everywhere he goes he's sort of loved. Yeah. And I think up in Newcastle, even though yeah, he's done a good job, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. difficult probably yeah. for him to, to walk around. Yeah, yeah, he is yeah. loved. He is loved. Yeah. And also, I'd, I'd say just going back to the upheaval thing, I think it's been, and we, and we have had, you know, quite a few managers. Which, which was not our choosing, but things happen. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it has been a crucial thing for Palace. Um, you know, we mentioned the team spirit of the players, but, but having, um, having Keith and Ben and Scotty and Alex as sort of a solid base at the training ground. Mm. You know, managers have come and gone, but, yeah. but these guys have stayed there. Yeah. And they've got the trust of the players. And, and uh, you know, it's been really important that, that, that although the managers have changed, the, the rest of the staff have stayed, and uh, and Keith and Ben have been been fantastic. And also, Keith, since you've been on the podcast last time, you've been manager of Palace <laughs> twice. Just pretty good going. How many times altogether? <laughs> that is impressive. Is it three or it's four? Three now, it's three. Yeah, only yeah. three times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've got a really good record as manager as well. Yeah. So Steve yeah. Couple's been manager. I like a draw. Yeah, 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 but when we've been losing, but when you've lost it, it's entertaining. Nil, nil. That's called that's called shoring up the ship. That yeah. Yeah. when you've lost quite a few games before that, and entertaining nil, nil against Evan. Well, those two. It was it was actually it was over Christmas, wasn't it? Those two draws, QPR and Villa. Crucial, crucial draws. You must have been quite pleased with the way the players kind of reacted to that. And we should have had a draw at Arsenal away. Yeah, we should have done. Yeah, we should have that, was a, that was a dual yeah. banker yeah. Yeah. in charge. Yeah, no, it was. And West Ham on the day, to be fair, played very well. When we, when we they, yeah, they were good. We were yeah. poor, but they, they were, yeah, were good. Give yeah. them some credit there. But um, no, the two draws over Christmas were were important mm-hmm. just to get some stability. Because the Southampton game, we, we was that was the worst yeah. game for us, really. Yeah, and you took him at the high just, point of the season or whatever. That, that was that Southampton game is the low point, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was that was um, definitely a bad day at the office. But so yeah, it was a case of really getting something back to, to build on. Mm-hmm. And um, but I think again, you you got to give the lads so much credit that like, we've not we've had four managers and it's a similar group of players. And we've been this successful. Yeah, mm. yeah that, that takes some doing, um, and we have tried to keep be consistent in what we do at the training grounds. And I think it's important the 
biggest thing that I felt if someone asked me what my biggest job's been is probably to keep this group focused and happy and doing what they do well mm-hmm. because there has been other changes and other managers coming in with different ideas and different ways of working but I think one of the best things I've been able to do is to keep this group working hard and, and performing well. They must be used to change, but I, I guess even in that respect, that you know, the departure of Tony must have been a big shock for everyone. It must have yeah. you know, put a bit of a shockwave through through that group. Did they react in the sort of manner that you'd expect them to to that? That was that was tough. That was the I think it was the Wednesday I got the phone call before the Arsenal. I think it was the Wednesday, wasn't it? It got mm, sort yeah, of announced. Yeah. Um, and then to go and see the players really um, <laughs> and Steve, Steve said um, go and do the press without the club really making a statement <laughs> so just put <laughs> <throw> the phone <laughs> in yeah. thanks for that Steve that's not me by the way yeah no, no where's Tony don't know he was just yeah. got the shot so to, uh, to go to a press conference without really having any answers <laughs> was probably the toughest moment for me but um, he managed to deflect um, which I think I've learned to do quite well now. <laughs> Did you have any doubt that any of the new managers would keep you on? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, all of them. Right. I mean, uh, I knew Tony, so I, I mean, I think trust is important, like in any job, really, but you've got to trust people you work with. So I knew Tony. Um, I hadn't worked with Neil, um, and it was tough for him, but he was, I mean, he was fine with me. Yeah. Um, I think they've all realised probably my relationship with the players has yeah. been good mm-hmm. and they've wanted to continue that. Well, so also, it keeps them on side with the fans as well because the last thing the fans would want to do is see you go as well. I mean, it's like, yeah. So but, it's kind of reassuring when a new manager says, I'll keep it. I'm going to keep Keith Millen. Mm-hmm. But I like to think, I, you know, I know I, I, I'm a good coach. Yeah, I'm good man management. So I've got things I, I bring to the group. Um, and that's what you've got to do whatever the manager is sometimes you can be the best coach in the country and still lose your job yeah. sometimes there's no rhyme or reason in football why people sometimes get a job yeah. and lose a job hmm. ok right next question when I find it he had um, it, he had it all this out Keith the dramatic pauses aren't always yeah. out there yeah. ok next question comes from John Dodds hi John. Hi, John. hi John he says which Palace player has the worst hairdo Oh, that's too easy. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. How do you coach Marion Shamek? It's, like, it's just, because when you look at him, it's impossible not to, you can't look at his, you'd stare at his hair. He must notice everybody's staring at his hair. So yeah, when you're coaching does, him, he must do that. Yeah, he does uh, tend to wear a bobble hat <laughs> quite often. <laughs> so uh, okay. he does tend to do a lot of work on it. I can't believe you read that question out. It's a bit cruel. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's technically quite clever. What he's, I mean, it's scientifically impossible what he's done with his hair, but he's done it. Maran's going to be very upset. He's been listening to this podcast all season. Um, <laughs> well, been, well, what a player, though. He's been, he's been brilliant. He does persist with the... He's, he'll still gel it, regardless of... Well, you know, let's, let's focus on his footballing ability. I had to present him with a man of the match at a, a game a while ago. And he took ages in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> they said he's just gone in the shower. I said, oh, okay, I'll go. It's like, you know, an hour later. <laughs> anyway, oh. he's a fantastic footballer. Oh, I love him. And what a great game he had against Swansea as well. Oh, yeah, superb. Yeah. And what was that? Was that, was that a bad? Was that a hamstring? Or just, yeah, unfortunately, right. the same one. Right. So it's a problem there. Is it? Yeah. Right. We, it's a three times now. It's a similar area. So. Does it, it seems sometimes some players just have recurring? No matter what you do, 
John, yeah. Johnny Williams potentially as well, just have recurring kind of injury problems. Is there anything you can do about that? Well, certainly with the hamstring, it's probably we've got to look at where it's coming from. It's not just a muscle weakness because we do a lot of work on that. So it might be slightly back related, his posture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're going to have to look at a lot of in-depth stuff on, on the way he is. Because I mean, to go as well with 60 minutes into the game, it's not like you're not warmed up. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's exactly. a little bit of fatigue, but um, yeah, there's certainly an issue there. Yeah, that we need to get. To well, the hopefully off. we will, because Shamans is a great player. I think we would all like to see him stick around and, yeah. and, and be yeah, part right, of Palace because yeah. he's yeah. best technical player that you've worked with, Keith. Do you reckon? I think he's the best. One of the best. Well, certainly, I think the best number ten um, that I've I've worked with as far as he works hard for the team. He's great. He's great at reading where the opposition are going to pass. The amount of times he intercepts the ball, he's really clever in that respect. And then when we when you get it, he, he links the play up. Um, I think if you can just get him in more goal scoring areas to score more goals, then you, you've got the perfect player. Mm-hmm. That, uh, interception things because that's the sort of thing that you know, laymen <laughs> like us, as fans probably wouldn't know. That most fans would probably think, "Oh, it's just a bad pass by the opposition." Yeah. So you don't, it wouldn't occur to you that it's actually our player. Yeah, no, he's got a real knack of reading where they're yeah. going to play the ball. And okay, the next question comes from Lewis Wilmot. Hi, Lewis. Hi, Lewis. He says, is this, is this the best time to be a Palace fan? I've been a fan since 88 and never been prouder of the team, not even when we were third. Never oh. been proud of the team? How proud I was going to say. That's awesome. um, a fair question, isn't it? We, these are, these well, are kind I, of the glory I, days. I, I think it's up there... Because I remember 79 and that f- when we went top of Division 1, I think Ipswich we beat, didn't we? Beat 4 1. Jim yeah, Cannon scored. We went top of Division 1 when I think that's probably the most because ex- a, a lot younger, that was really exciting. But I think this team's up there with, mm-hmm. especially because it's a similar, you know, just. It's really exciting the way we play football when it comes mm-hmm. off. Two, yeah. two wide men, which has always been a kind of a palace thing as well. Getting the ball yeah, forward, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really. Yeah. I think it's really exciting. It reminds it reminds me that this team enormously of the of the, <coughs> of the team that yeah. that got promoted in um, eighty nine. Uh, yeah, eighty nine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, where there were you know free transfers, there were players from you know free, for example, Mark Bright was from Leicester City reserves, yeah. where he was yeah. he wasn't getting a game because Alan Smith and, and Gary Lineker were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then nearly failed his fitness test as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you know there, there was Andy Gray was playing non-league football. Ian White was playing non-league football. Pardew was playing non-league yeah. football. <laughs> and and now in, in this team we've got local boys like like Wilf. You, yeah. You've got players like Balassi who was who was at yeah. Bristol City reserves Dame, basically. Damo. Damon Delaney who was, who was released by Ipswich. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn Murray we got on a free transfer. So we've built this team up with very little money. But they've they've come together as a unit, that, and you know they they've become a top Premier League team without having any Premier League players, as it were. It's like the nineteen ninety first place. It's like yeah. the nineteen ninety team for the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being yeah. too young to appreciate the nineteen ninety team, and thinking I wish I was a bit older. But now I get to the nineteen ninety team. You remember? Um, I think I was right in saying that were there were five players in that team who went on to play for England. Yeah. Uh, Nigel Martin. Andy Gray, Ian Wright, John Jeff Thomas, and John Salarco. So there were five players in that team who went on to play for, for England, which was incredible for Palace. Um, and and that team finished third in the league, which, to be honest, this team can't do because the the money that the top six have got is just 
so massive. I don't, I don't think it's impossible. I, I think for a club like Palace or a club like Swansea or Southampton or Stoke, to finish seventh is the ultimate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so we're not ever going to achieve what that team achieved in terms of league position, but but we, we have the potential. And, and it, is, it is a really exciting time to be a Palace fan. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'm... What's nice as well, I was going to say, Delaney and Murray in particular, I think a lot of Palace fans doubted whether they could cut it at the Premier League level. So it's been really nice to see us prove wrong, especially... Mm-hmm. I think mean, most people thought Delaney, the you know, playoffs would be his final game. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't see him again, but he's been a really good Premier League defender. It's been brilliant to see Glenn get his chance in the Premier yeah. League, scoring no, score yeah. goals. Whatever happens to him, he's had that. He's had that little moment. He's yeah. had that perfect yeah. match. Yeah. Yeah. But talking about Jeff Thomas playing for England, I, I still get across now because people forget because of that lobby tried yeah, against yeah, France, France. People write him off as a player. People forget what a, he was. A, Jeff one Thomas was still playing. England, England never lost when Jeff played. No, he was a superb yeah. player, Jeff Thomas, for us. It was amazing that, that, that Alan Pardew ever got a game because because <laughs> we, had, we had, <laughs> and, and Andy Gray and Jeff Thomas were such great yeah. players. Yeah. And it was, it, you know, maybe Alan's success as a manager is because he, as a player, had to try so hard to get in that team where there yeah. were more talented players than him. But he did get in that team, and he did that fantastic cross in the um, in the playoff, the playoff final yeah. against Bravo, Blackburn. That's the, that's the bit I like. That's the bit I like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and he obviously scored the goal at Villa Park. And you know, there were there were some, you know, we had some really really talented players. Speaking of which, did you say you met Dave Madden recently? Yes, oh, Dave, the beer festival, Dave Madden is oh. coming to the beer festival. Nice, the legend, Dave the oh. Mod. Didn't play that many games for Palace. Didn't play that but many games for Palace. Scored legendary. that penalty in the yeah. '89. I can still uh, see final. him running towards the halfway, wagging yeah. his finger. And I, I told him when I met him a couple of weeks ago that we used to call him Scooter yeah. in the halfway, yeah. and he didn't know. Really? He said, I, "I didn't know that. I never heard <laughs> that." Yeah. He, he said that. He said the players used to, used to call him Dave the Mod. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's a solid, solid nickname. Uh, but anyway, Dave the Mod Scooter is coming to the beer festival. So pl- um, fans of a, a certain age, yeah. <laughs> like us, yeah, forget Julian. We won't want to talk to Dave the Mod. <laughs> and and Jim Cannon is coming too. Oh, so well, Jim. if you could get Jerry Murphy, we'd all be happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of England internationals, though, um, surely we've got a few players knocking on the England door. If Jamie Vardy can get a call up, oh, so can I. Surely, <laughs> surely the likes, the likes of Scott, Dan, Jason Punch, and oh, they can't be far away. Surely, have you not been treating Roy enough when he Roy, comes to come I have personally oh, served Roy several glasses of Eagle Red, <laughs> the good stuff. Uh, the, yeah, it, of course it's good stuff. It's Eagle Red, uh, and uh, he, he's been to quite a lot of games, uh, as has Ray Lewington. Um, obviously, they don't say what they're doing there, mm. and I guess they're looking at the opposition. They're facing the wrong way if they're not picking Munchen, yeah. frankly. But but they are <laughs> definitely aware of Scott Dan and Joel Ward and Jason Punchin, but um, they haven't picked them yet. No, no, they, they have been to our games to to watch us. I think as well. And yeah. for some reason, Stracker doesn't seem to fancy McArthur that much, either, does he? No, he gets in the squad, but yeah. not, not necessarily yeah. the starting eleven. Which amazes me because yeah. I, I don't think they've got many midfield players better than him mm. in the Scottish team. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm personally not too bothered about him massively, but if there's been a better English midfielder than Jason Punch in the Premier League oh, this season, I've, I've, not, yeah. I've not seen him. But yeah, do you think, honest. is there an element of not being not playing for a glamorous team, but if Vardy plays for Leicester? So yeah, I, I, I don't think Roy has got that about him because right. he's, he's managed to, 
sort of every level. So I, I think he's and he's a Palace fan. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. a local, local lad, isn't he? Have I told you my Roy Hodgson story? I don't no, think so. Roy Hodgson's dad was a bus driver, mm-hmm. and Steve Kember's dad was his conductor. <laughs> and Roy on the buses. <laughs> And the Steve Cobbles that was working in the office. (laughs) And the the Hodgson family lived in a flat in London Transport accommodation flat. uh, And the Kemba family lived in the flat underneath their flat. Wow. That's amazing. And they went to school with Lenny Lawrence. Wow. Yeah. That's brilliant. It's like a sitcom waiting to happen. (laughs) And Roy was in the same Palace youth team as, as Steve. Yeah. Really, but broke his ankle, yeah. I think, or something. Yeah, he did something, and he didn't make. And then he went on to be a PE teacher at Alain School, mm-hmm. where Jack's going to in September. Well, yeah. okay. forming and in, uh, international. There's going to um, be a lot of young people listening to this. Guy. What's the bus going to be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, Ray Lewington is ex-Palace as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Our next question comes from Lee McBride, Hi, Lee. Hi, Lee. aka Pete the Eagle. Yes, Pete the Eagle. He says, given. Okay, so basically, uh, Keith and Steve, the last few weeks for the season petering out, there are a lot of questions that aren't football-related. A lot of questions that have been food-related. So, Lee's question is, um, what three Palace players, past or present, would you invite to, the, to a dinner party? Well, I think we need to ask Lee a question first, because he did promise to fight a swan <laughs> before Julian Speroni's testimonial. Did Swansea bring this one? I don't think they did, but it's no. a real swan. We stipulated. Oh, a real swan! Because somebody oh, right. tweeted as to who would win a fight between Pete the Eagle and a real swan. Yeah, um, Pete, Pete the Eagle took up the challenge. He it's been a very surreal end to the season. On the he's podcast. been arrested on ones that's coming. On the Queen. <laughs> um, okay, that's that's undecided. Um, who would you like to? But have who would you dinner? invite? Because oh. I I had dinner with the 1990 FA Cup squad. Oh, Heartbreaking. Yeah. And there, 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 there was an auction, name an auction where you had to bid to have your photo taken with the uh, yeah. with the 1990s. But I was not gonna not li- I was not gonna <laughs> be the <laughs> unsuccessful <laughs> bidder in that one. So I, I had, had had dinner, and what a nice bunch they are, um, all of them. Some of them are more better than others, haven't they? Maybe uh, thought I'm talking about. And and he thought wasn't there. So oh, was he? he was sc- scouting in Europe somewhere. Right. But he, Andy looks like he enjoys a point. So yeah. Well, I man after man. You remember that testimonial where the, the 1990 team played the, the Man United team? Remember? And he yeah. had been dragged off after five minutes. <laughs> it took two men to get him off. Leaving <laughs> <laughs> massive divots in the pit. I think well, I'm sure that's where the pitch trouble started. Am <laughs> I right? Thinking that Ian Wright scored a bicycle kick in that game. In the in the 1999 re- 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 wasn't a bicycle re- kick as such. It was. Uh, Sort of volley. Off, yeah, it's a cracking game. And the replay was just the worst game ever. That replay with that kit, the bumblebee kit, which Mark Bright blames on Jeff Thomas. Mark apparently, Bright, it was yeah, Jeff Thomas's yeah, idea. Yeah, apparently Jeff Thomas's son's school played in it, and they had lost a game all season. So he suggested <laughs> playing the yellow and black stripes because we were all blaming Ron Notes for the marketing decision. I'd invite Antonio Lombardo just to ask him what it was like being. Okay. one of the best players we've ever seen in a disastrous in your fluent Italian well I, I presume I met him once he, he, he speaks no English but he, he obviously understood when I went ah thumbs up Crystal Palace because uh, he, he was such a good player and, and, yeah. and a disastrous time for us but yeah. I, I wouldn't yeah. invite Thomas Brolin because yeah. it would or cost, cost too he'd much eat all to, the pies wouldn't he would. anybody yeah. else straight who would you invite to well you've got to have Julian there one because he's the nicest man on the planet and he <laughs> part owns a, a restaurant and he's 
his business partner owns a steak restaurant next door, so you're going to get some good food there. Yeah. Probably Shamak, because he'll bring some entertainment with him of some sort, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> Both of them. And <laughs> I'll leave it at those two. <laughs> Okay. Who would you have? Hang on, we know Keith. Uh, yeah, Keith. Damien Delaney's uh, good entertainment in the dressing room. So does he play the guitar? He's, uh, yeah, I think he, he does, yeah. yeah. So he and he, like, he likes a good glass of wine. Yes. I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he'd be, he'd be entertaining. Damo. Steve, did you know that you said that? Oh, yeah, did you know that Damon Delaney has got the playoff final date tattooed on his arm? Has he? How about that for a player who loves <laughs> well, his club? Maybe that's what we should get as our tattoos. We've been challenged by a listener to all get... We promised to get tattoos if Palace stayed up last season, and we still haven't. So maybe we should get that, yeah. Kevin. Oh, I'm delighted to hear he's got that one. He's, yeah. He's got sure. a lot of tattoos, mind you, isn't he? He has, yeah. but, yeah. but yeah. the player final date is uh, well, right, right there, very prominent. Should we get, should we get that? No? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just get an eagle. Come on, everyone gets an eagle. Okay, I'm thinking of wine. There's a question for you from Tony, Tony Stewart. Hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. Oh, hello, Tony. He says, uh, "Now I lived up. Now I've. Now I live up north. I've turned into a right cheapskate. What bottle of red wine would you recommend for under a tenner? Do they do red wine under a tenner? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you want to go slightly off the beaten track, but there are there are some good wines uh, from places like Bergerac, which is near Bordeaux. Okay. Uh, there's some very good South American wines, uh, New Zealand." Mm-hmm. Um, this is getting a bit boring, isn't it? <laughs> hey, Tony, Tony asked. What's this orange rosé everyone's talking about? Oh, Italian... Is this, is this Italian natural wine? Is that what it is? No, it's horrible. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> Tony, don't get that. Okay, uh, qu- another question from another Tony. Tony King. Hi, Tony. Tony. This is for Keith. Keith, what is the biggest single thing that Pards has done that's led to the sensational revival? Biggest thing... I would say to give the lads more confidence in possession of the ball. That was probably the... Um, when he first came in, he, he saw the two draws, um, Villa and QPR, and he understood what we were about. But he said to the group, you're, you're better than that, you can do more than that. And I think he just gave them that belief. Mm-hmm. Obviously, going to Dover was a great start for scoring the goals. Um, being a little bit more expansive in our play, giving our wide men a little bit more <coughs> license to express themselves. So I think that probably a bit of freedom, a bit more expression about what we're trying to achieve, mm. which is a player you probably want to hear. If I, you know, when I was playing, if, if someone said to you, you just got to sit there and just defend for 90 minutes, or would you rather be more expansive on the front foot and, mm. and pass and move? I know what I would prefer to have done. Because we've got the players for it, haven't we? We've got a good score. Yeah, no, we have. And Does, but did that mean as well that you gave them a bit of leeway to make mistakes then while they sort of got used to it? Well, yeah, I think the, the clean sheets have suffered this year. Yeah. Isn't it? We've not had so many clean sheets, yeah. so we, we've given them slightly more goals away, but we've won more games yeah. and we, we actually look like we're going to... And the biggest thing for me is when we've had spells in games where we might not have been great, but we've stayed in them, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we'll have a 20-minute, 30-minute spell where we just sort of unleash yeah, and, and, yeah. and then we just we're as good as anyone we can beat anyone when we're really fluid yeah. going forwards I think we're as big a threat as anyone in this league mm-hmm. wasn't there a stat I, I, I've either made this up or I've read it somewhere hopefully I've read it somewhere that we've 
got more points from uh, losing positions than yeah, right, right. yeah. yeah, You couldn't have imagined like a team maybe a year ago coming from behind somewhere like Anfield to to beat Liverpool, and yet we've done it sort of time and time again this season. Because yeah. um, we can have them good spells in games yeah. that we look dangerous and scoring goals. Mm. So probably the, the belief. Mm-hmm. Um, we look confident. We look like we a very do. confident team. And again, you've got to give the players a lot of credit that they've took it on board very quickly. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, no, that, that's certainly the biggest thing. How did it, how did it feel at Liverpool psychologically? Did did you kind of use the fact that we were a bit of a sideshow to spur the players on? Because yeah, I mean, understandably, the focus on Steven Gerrard, rightly so. You'd, you'd think it, you'd hope it would be, if, you know, Speroni was retiring after mm. however many games, but we didn't we didn't get a look in. I mean, was that something you talked about? Yeah, we, we yeah. said the only way we're going to enjoy this occasion, and it was a great atmosphere, yeah. was to play well. I mean, you, you don't enjoy it if you're going to get a run around yeah. and um, so we said to him that was probably the team talk yeah. leading up to it that okay we're part of this great event but let's make sure we enjoy it and, and show them what a good team we are and we were we were I mean, that's we, the thing because it wasn't one of those backs to the wall three chances no. three goals we were better than them <coughs> everywhere yeah. which is why that Stoke result was a little bit disappointing because it <coughs> kind of took the gloss off it really because yeah. mm. it turns out they're not that good a team after all <laughs> but for us to go I mean just I think people overlook the fact not many teams have won at Anfield yeah. even the a poor Liverpool team so that's a, to go to Anfield and win yeah. and you've got to think as well that, from a Liverpool point of view then players would have wanted to go out there of and put the performance yeah, yeah, on yeah, for Stephen Gerrard yeah of course so I mean that makes it doubly as good ok next question is from Rob Holland hi Rob hi Rob it's for Keith it says Keith can you spend the rest of your career at Palace <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's out of my hands a little bit, but uh, I certainly wouldn't swap it for anything at the moment. I mean, it's, uh, I think like all the Palace fans, you feel very proud mm-hmm. to be part of what we've done this year. And I mean, I must admit, I got home last night, I actually paused match of the day when they showed that top half of the league. Yeah, yeah. And yes. we was, yeah. we was 10th. That, that yeah. was, you, you sit there and yeah. it just looks good. So you were yeah. putting it on your face, but like everyone yeah. else was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that was uh, that was a good feeling. So, yeah. am, I, am I right that the only time we've been tenth all season, I must be right. The only time we've been tenth was for like five minutes at the end of the yeah, yeah. game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it, I think well, you're right. It's fantastic yeah. to get to that position without ever having been there. Just pip. Yeah, yeah. Those teams. Be, yeah. Well, it's like Bristol Rovers last year when they got relegated. They're only ever in the bottom three in the last five minutes. Really? They hadn't been in the bottom three all season. Really? Yeah. Uh, but that was, I mean, that was generally exciting because it it's been annoying all season that just hovering beneath that line. Yeah, mm. and that was just really exciting. Like it's, it was like relegation or promotion. People just yeah, sit looking at their phones and passing the word around. Yeah. Right. So what a way to end the season, and um, what a clear indication of progress that's been made over the last couple of years. It feels like we're on an upward yeah. trajectory, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. just got to, yeah, we got to not get carried away, but certainly enjoy the moment and um, a bit move on. And speaking of which, I mean. I've, I've, have we identified, I mean obviously we wouldn't ask you to name names, but have we identified players already to come in? Yeah, we've been looking, looking. well since Alan come in really, he's been assessing the squad. Um, it's been good that we've been sort of safe for a while now. Um, so Alan and the chairman have, have been having a lot of discussions on, on players, so we don't need many, um, but we need to, we don't need to add to the numbers. Yeah just try and add maybe a little bit more quality because I, I found that quite interesting at the player of the year do when he sort of distanced himself a little bit from Newcastle's because Newcastle had a very famously good recruitment policy 
but he said he wasn't really part of that. And one of the things he wanted at Palace was to be in charge of yeah. the players that came in and out. Yeah, no, that I think that was one of the things that all the press know about that, what happened at Newcastle, yeah. and um, they'll have, they have brought some very good players in. But certainly here, um, Alan will have a, a big say on the types of players yeah. and obviously the, the, the board will have a say on the, on the finances of it. Well, as I say, Steve, can we be more flexible on wages now because that was always an issue in the first couple <laughs> of years. <wasn't> <laughs> the manager's got our full support. <laughs> <laughs> there any particular positions, Keith, that you personally think might need a little bit more in or um, is it just going to be one of those where it's... I, I think it's a little bit probably where we can improve. I mean, some players might not be out there in certain positions yeah. so I think if a player become available and there's a lot that goes into a deal um, if we feel that he, he improves the squad it might not necessarily be the position you might think we need but if we feel it improves the squad then there might be a deal to be done mm. um, so there's, there's real competition for places already mm-hmm. so it's, it's really we're looking at sort of to try and improve the top end of the, of the group but I think I think what's clear is that we won't be bringing in any players who like are about the same as we've already got. Yeah, you've, yeah. Either, you've either got to get top ones, yeah. mm-hmm. and as, as Keith and, and Alan have said, you know, three or four top ones, so could it, or, or not, because there's no point, because we've got a very good team already. Yeah. Could, it, could it be then potentially one of the most exciting transfer windows for us in recent times, in yeah, terms of the players we're going for? I hope so. Yeah, I, I think it will be, yeah. I think the, the club are in a great position to to look into this market now, mm-hmm. I mean, the success we've had, um, and I think also you'll be able to entice these top players, yeah, because they look at us now in the season top, we've had. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not we yeah. haven't got to really sell the club yeah. now. We're an attractive prospect. Yeah, no, we are definitely. Okay, Jason Hughes. Hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. Jason. This is first, Steve. Oh. Has Mr. B? That's <coughs> you, Steve. Yeah, thank you. Seen <laughs> a, <laughs> seen a bump in sales. Since Louis Van Gaal's exposure as a connoisseur of your fine wines, <laughs> oh, I, did you see? I, I love that. You've been selling to Louis. We we actually sent him a case of wine to say thank you for that. <laughs> Basically, he was caught um, having the team sheet on, uh, in his uh, as, on the bench in his folder, and, yeah. and on the back of the team sheet is an advert. So, the Crystal Palace team sheet is sponsored by Farvin. Yes, yeah, yeah. but. These journalists didn't know that, so yeah. they thought he had a Farvinus price list. <laughs> and during the game, instead of deciding which substitutes to bring on, he was checking the price of claret. <laughs> uh, and the, the exposure was incredible. I mean, it, it, really? it, it, it was a headline story in newspapers all around the world. Wow. It, it, it was absolutely amazing. Um, I don't know if it resulted in any sales, but <laughs> certainly the Farvinus name got all over the place. Good. So, so anyway, we were very thankful, and uh, and we sent him a case of Eagle Red. <laughs> True, we did. Judging by, his, judging by his speech at the Player of the Year, do we got free most? He dropped something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was astonishing. That was a, one of my highlights of the season. What Louis Van Gaal's speech? Yeah, well, he's, uh, I, I, I didn't have it. Oh, he just just grabbed the microphone at the end of yeah. Jim Rosenthal and just like. Berate, a more no, but he, he berated them for not applauding the the lovely lady saxophonist. <laughs> he, he didn't applaud her enough. He's going about the lovely. Like best Dutch. I can't do accents. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do accents. They all sound like Michael Caine. <laughs> Dave Manley. Hi Dave. Hi Dave. Um, any plans to increase the capacity? Yeah, that. that I don't think sh- short term it, it can be increased. So um, you have to wait for that. Yeah. Okay. And Lisa. 
Alisa. Says, any plans to paint the stands red and blue? Yeah, well, it depends on the uh, shirt, shirt sponsor, although we, we, we might be doing a shirt sponsorship and a separate stadium sponsorship, oh, or, okay. or not have a stadium sponsorship, but have... Um, would that you change? Know, you know, no one, one, no one, one change. Sorry. Sorry, no, I don't mean the stadium sponsor. Like, it's, it's called the... Uh, okay, yeah, you know, yeah. One, two, bet stadium. One, two, bet stadium. Yeah. But, but, but it, it, I think it looks really nice when, when you have one sponsor all around yeah. the stadium rather than Fred Blogs the Butcher and, yeah. you know, <coughs> Jones the Builder and things like that. Um, so we'll have to see. I mean, that, that, that's all in, in discussion now. But uh, it could be red and blue. And it'd be fantastic to find a sponsor who happened to have red and blue yeah. colours. I can't, I can't think of any right now, but there, Ve- must, there must be some out there. Vector. Vector, possibly. Vector, they'll do it. <coughs> they'll do it. They'll embroider the stadium for you. Yeah. A virgin for a throwback. Carl, Carl Mortimer. Hi, Carl. Hi, Carl. Carl. Says, how many years will it be before Brighton catch us? Oh, I've got a good fact here. We finished with more <laughs> points than them in a higher division than them with eight fewer games. How well, far is that? We'll never play so never. again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, it's, it's, we, we need a rival, don't we? We need a rival. We need a rival. We all just aren't stepping up to the plate, are they? No. Well, that's quite funny. Sorry, Danny. Okay. I mean, it's, it's odd, though. But three, yeah, when Brighton were moving into the Amex, you probably would have predicted it would be them that would end up where we are now, just in terms of their finances and the, the sort of upward curve they're on. And yeah, they've got a fantastic stadium. Yeah. The, the, the Bloom family that, that own it are really nice people who, who you know, have supported the club for generations. Um, they... They very nearly yeah. made it, but that that night, uh, I mean, it obviously could have gone either way, but yeah. it went our way, and uh, and we've gone forwards and they've gone backwards. I mean, I I don't really hate Brighton. I I, I think. Well, we'll cut that. Yeah, just for your own but, safety, Steve. I'll <laughs> 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 just take out the don't really. No, the clubs I just like tend to be the clubs who who. Who don't have a community feel and don't yeah, they don't belong to, 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 to the people which I think Brighton actually do yeah well they did go through a lot didn't they all those years of exile and yeah, yeah. sorry I'm I don't, just for the record I do hate them okay yeah, <laughs> me too so. very few teams I haven't got some sort of problem with okay next question from John Dodds hi John, hi John. I think I asked one earlier but I've, I've lost track of that um, one for the panel that's us that's, yeah. What's the best Palace goal celebration you've ever seen? <coughs> I'll do that again because Annie Street coughed as well. Yeah, sorry. What's the best Palace goal celebration you've ever seen? I Ooh. think we've mentioned mine. Uh, it's when Dave Madden scored the penalty in the playoff, second leg playoff against Blackburn. And he scored the penalty and he ran towards the half away. Mm. He ran straight to me. Did, did, did he? He's going <laughs> to me. Yeah. Are you coming to the beer festival? I am, yeah. Well, I can't wait to meet Dave Madden. Yeah. Oh. Dave Madden to give you a big kiss. Yeah, you left it. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. I did like. I always liked uh, Chef Gikuchi's swan dive, which was just a, a brilliant show of idiocy. Every time we did it, you're committing to your pack. What are you doing that for? But my favourite celebration of all time, non-palace related, and he's playing in Gideon's Peroni's testimonial, was Tamuri Ket's buyer kicking the absolute oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. out of the advertising horn up at St James's yeah. Park when he scored for Newcastle. Yeah. Took his shirt off, threw it yeah. at the floor, right. and just started booting in the advertising hall yeah. and Vic, uh, Victor planning. Moses did some somersaults didn't he he did he was yeah, they were to stop there, yeah. stopping really yeah, yeah. too yeah. risky I remember being involved in one I didn't actually score when I was at Watford where I don't know why we decided to do it we did dead ants after <laughs> <someone> <laughs> the there's about four or five of us laying on our backs <laughs> like, and arms and legs up again 
And I, I don't know who we were playing against, but Mick Arthur was playing as a centre forward. <coughs> and he's seen this, and he's Mick being Mick, he thought, I'm not having that. And he's like stamped through the lot of us. Yeah, she's stamped in my chest. <laughs> really? <laughs> because you were a dead end. Yeah. So that was wow. quite amusing. Well, a lot of teams started. crazy. A lot of teams started doing it to try and get on. They think it's all over because they're yeah, they around right. in it yeah. about football team celebrations. So a lot right. of teams started doing it just to get on that. But yeah. it got out of hand at one stage. <laughs> I remember a team. I think Aylesbury in a couple. Yeah, it's Ducks. Ducklings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't stand it when players do the baby cradle thing. It's like, well, <laughs> we seem to mind. Judging, I tweeted yesterday. Judging by the amount of kids on the pitch, we've got a very fertile team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> too many days off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the one of the little toddlers tried to take down Pete the Eagle. It was hilarious. Jed Max kids, wouldn't it? Yeah, I probably. But that that lap of honour yesterday was a genuinely heartwarming like 10 minutes it was lovely to me to just stay and watch them yeah because they're all clearly having, having such a nice time yeah no, players enjoy it, it good nice, yeah. right Jack Pierce. hi Jack. Jack he says what are the chances of seeing some academy graduates get chances next season that potential on the cards difficult um, not just at Crystal Palace but at any Premier League team mm-hmm. I mean there's not many academy kids really get a chance yeah. when they're young yeah. So we have got some good kids coming through. I mean, that are close. Hiram Boateng. I mean, he's close now. He's been in the first team, trained with us, and Alan likes him. Yeah. Um, Soleil's been out on loan and scored goals. So there's there's three or four there that will be close, and I think some of them will will do pre-season with us for the first few weeks because the internationals will be given more time off mm-hmm. because they, they don't finish till some of them middle of June. So there's a chance from this year. Yeah. And. and uh, I mean, Alan knows the area and he, he, he likes the kids coming through and I'm sure he will give them a chance. But it, it's a big step up. Yeah. It really is a big step now. So if they're not quite there and you have to name the 25-man squad, obviously they don't have to be in that because they're under 21. But if you've got 25, then to add some kids to that yeah. is, is going to be difficult. So Lo- Loan spells. Yeah, I think good loans going somewhere. I think it's important that we do get them out playing first-team football. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the 21s have done action this year in, yeah. in the league, yeah. but it still isn't playing for three points on a Saturday, yeah. and, and that's really what they've got to learn. Well, the problem is as well, is that the better the team is, the harder it is for them to break in. But then also, I think Tony Pulis was quite open about this, that if you've got a team battling for points, you can't really throw no. academy kids in there either, can you? Can't. you? It's not, it, yeah. They actually would go backwards. Yeah, it's not fair on them. So yeah. there's so, so much pressure and so much at stake in games that you can't really just throw a kid in to see how, see how they do. Yeah. You, you don't need to do that now mm. with, the, with the squad we've got. But we're, we're in a position where we're not, well, fingers crossed next season, we won't be. You know, we're, we're in a quite a yeah. decent position that maybe, hopefully, if they mm. are ready, they might get some games. I think if they're ready, um, no doubt that Alan would give him a chance yeah. um, but to be ready is a big ask yeah. not because yeah. they're not good enough but because of the standard of squad we've got yeah okay um, Ian Waghorn Hi, Ian. has a question from his son Jamie so Jamie Waghorn Hi, Jamie. he says what is the panel's favourite cheese Oh well, <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, Jamie's yeah, yeah. is Cornish Yarg. Yarg's nice. Yeah. I've got some in the fridge. Yeah, Yarg's nice. Yeah, yeah. okay. I like Conte. We'll have to try that. Conte. I don't know. I've got a great yeah. cheese lover. You can't pronounce <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I like a Munster. 
I do like a strawberry yeah, or a stinking bishop. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, um, stinking bishops washed in periods from Hereford. Mrs. Montgomery's uh, eighteen-month-old cheddar. <laughs> what are you laughing at? A lot of people are serious. It Jamie sounds wrong. I'm sorry. No, no, Jamie should tell you. You have to get out there. And you have to get away from the supermarket cheese. You want stuff that tastes like cheese. Okay. There's a lot of stuff out there. There's a big world of cheese out there to explore. <laughs> and Steve will tell you which wine to go with it as well. Yeah. Next question comes from my flatmate, Callum. Oh, hi, hi Callum. Callum. From, oh. from Ballum. I'm sorry for you. That's how we all feel. It's a question, question for Keith. <laughs> um, when you stopped playing football and you started doing coaching, was your ambition to be a coach or to, to be an actual manager? And how, how much has that changed given your experience doing the, the Palace job? Good question. Um, first of all, I think definitely coach. Um, you've got to learn, I think, before you become a manager to coach. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think you've got to do the basics first and learn a way to develop as a manager. Mm-hmm. And I think you only do that by being a coach. So certainly my progression was to coach um, and then that took me into management um, probably too early in my career. So I'm, I'm enjoying being a coach again but I w- will want to manage again because I think the experience I've learned, I'd like to put that to good use again, mm-hmm. whether I'm a success or not. But it'd be a shame for me to have all the experience of working with some real good managers yeah. and then not take that on myself right. as a manager. Yeah. So I'm more than happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I think if me quality of work wasn't enjoyable, then I would maybe be looking for a management role. But mm-hmm. what I'm doing at the club um, is fulfilling every day. So I'm in no rush mm-hmm. to sort of move on again. But certainly, yeah, the experience I've gained I'd like to put that to use again one day. And also, presumably, what's happening at the Palace is making you even more of an attractive proposition to clubs as a yeah. manager anyway, because you're associated with a team that's doing really well, it's 10th for the Premier League, and people in the game know that you've got input into that and that success in yeah, managers can get you on. So. It helps your CV, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, when you do the press, I think the way you conduct yourself, people see that, and that has a big bearing sometimes on, on directors. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's going well for me, but um, one day I'd like to uh, sort of be in that hot seat. I do like, when I've been caretaker, the, the times I have been, making the decisions, I enjoy that. Yeah. And I think the managers I've worked with appreciate my input. I'm not just, I don't just sit there and just sort of nod my head. Uh, if, I say, if I've got an opinion that might be slightly different to the manager, then I, I, I'll say that. And um, they ignore me and do what they do. <laughs> is there a problem? I mean, would somebody like Chris Ramsey find it as a problem when you've been the, when you've been coach? And, and sometimes a coach is one of the lads, isn't he? He's, he's yeah. One who put his arms around the player. When you then become manager, does that have to change your relationship with the players? It, that's that's a real interesting one, that because I think if you've got that relationship with the players where they want to play for you yeah. as a coach, that helps you when you become the manager. But it can be a hindrance when you have to be nasty or make them real big decisions. Because then, I think you've got to be very careful you don't change your personality. And become this horrible person that's not really you, because the players will see through it. Yeah, yeah. So I think you can still be 
the, the leader and be aggressive or long as the players know that you're in charge you have to work out a way of letting them know that but it can be difficult when you're that close to players yeah, yeah. to suddenly turn and then the players say well you've changed yeah, yeah, yeah. well you have to change of course yeah so it, it's not an easy progression that it doesn't seem to be to be as much fun being a manager as being a coach somehow I think there's two ways of looking at it there's obviously more pressure but I think I think the top managers enjoy the pressure of making the decisions and the more I've worked with some good managers they know what they want that sometimes they'd throw out what you think yeah, almost yeah. to just involve you but really they know this is what I'm going to do they're very single minded and I think that part of it they enjoy so it, it's I think you're certainly you're cut out to be a manager you know when you've done it whether you can really do it or not yeah so all those blokes in the Porsons arms you reckon they could do it <laughs> yeah. we'll be able to do it yeah. <laughs> do you think it bodes well you look down to the championship this season you had, it seemed quite remarkable you had like you know Djokovic you didn't have a huge amount of experience at being a manager in England Alex Neal who's gone up today mm. um, I talk Karanka who's up there do you think it's something that gives encouragement to coaches that it's not all the managers sort of the higher echelons of the game they're not all guys that have been managers for 20-30 years they've yeah. just been recycled does that sort of give I think, hope for the future I think them examples they've inherited good squads mm-hmm. you know I mean they've, they've done well I think um, they've done well with the group they've been given but there's some good players there <coughs> so look at Swansea I mean yeah. first time manager but he's done really well yeah he has yeah. very well yeah. yeah so I'd like you'd like to think they might open their eyes a little bit to giving some unknowns a little bit more of a job higher up but I still think the top probably six teams will be looking for them real marquee managers to, to run their clubs well I think it's not just that talking to some Swansea fans yesterday because they all said they weren't over the moon when Gary Monk got the job it's like yes he's one of our own mm. he's still an unproven manager considering the quality of manager they had previously so it's quite a brave decision yeah, to give it a job, and, it, and it's turned out to be a good one, but which is great because you want to see younger managers and, and English managers as well get a chance. So. Yeah, no, we, I spoke to him after the games. I know him quite well, and um, I said to him because he obviously was a player, yeah, sort of involved in the coaching, he'd become the manager. And I said to him, "What have you changed?" And he just said, that "There's a style of play at Swansea that you've got to keep, which he agrees with, but he also wanted to bring in a little bit more solidity to them without the ball." And I think they might be top for clean sheets this year. Right. So he's put his own stamp on what Swansea do, mm-hmm. and they've been successful. So, I mean, fair play to him. He's, well, done, he's done a great job. There was a really interesting interview with their chairman uh, the other day, and he said one of the first things that Gary Monk did when he took over was at the training ground in the canteen. He turned the tables into a sort of square, so all the players had to look at each other yeah. and talk to each other. Because before that, their players would sit on separate tables, two or three at a table, just talk to their mates and now they're sort of made to converse as a group and he, instead of having Sky Sports on they have the, 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 the morning's training sessions on the telly yeah. and the players are sort of watch out and dip in and out so it's things like that that yeah. again we wouldn't think of but it's little little touches that seem to make a difference yeah. for a group of players he's, you know? he's brought a togetherness yeah. that from the outside when Loudrup was there they had some very good players but I think yeah. they, there was a bit more of a split right. in, the, in the camp well, they've still got, so you look at their team sheet yesterday, they've got some cracking players. Yeah, no, they have. It's good not, they're not just a small team with, uh, you know, punching above their no, weight. No, they've, they've got, got some good players. players. They yeah. have got some good players. Okay, next question is from Paul Kensley. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Paul. He says, given our upward trajectory over the past five years, 
How long will it be before we win the Champions League? Steve? <laughs> I think it'll be quite a long time. <laughs> um, All right, get in the Champions League. <laughs> do, do they do a, a sort of fair play entry for the Champions League? <laughs> they do for the Europa League. Europa League? Yeah. 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 You win that and then you yeah. get in the yeah. Champions League. Yeah. So tell me, like, stop elbowing people in the way. face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, as, as we said before, I think. I'll cut that. I think top six to break into the top six is almost impossible but you know one day you, you, you never know you know people say that we could be the Arsenal of South London and you know Christ I hope <laughs> <laughs> well, we're clearly already the biggest club in South London oh, yeah period yeah. That's, that's decided but the other thing as well and I know some Palace fans get probably younger Palace fans get fed up with Uncle Kevin talking about this but you do have to put it in the context of where we were five years ago and the beauty of it now is that we were talking just we got an extra four million quid yesterday because of the parachute money in Norwich we got an extra million and that, that's all money that's going to help us not be in financial trouble again which yeah. is well, yeah. for, for fans of my generation that's the one thing yeah. you don't yeah, yeah. you don't want and I, just being in the Premier League is, and looking comfortable there is yeah. it's fantastic well, I think for the most part we've all got our sights set fairly realistically you know I think people are fairly aware of what the circumstances of football now are that, I'm sure Charlton fans probably said the same thing as well but fans of all clubs say Both that. Of them. I'm sure there are Stoke fans who are probably not happy with where they are Palace fans are the same as everybody else. They will be Palace fans who say we have to kick on and we have to do this and we have to do that. Because that's inevitable, but it's kind of resisting. It, it's not doing what Leeds did and throwing, everything, throwing the money at it. Mm-hmm. It's like when Leeds bankrupted themselves getting in the Champions League. You, you didn't hear any Leeds fans saying, oh, I don't think this is wise. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure the Portsmouth fans in, you know, enjoyed yes, it. Of course. Yeah. Enjoyed it when they had those I think you look at Southampton this year yeah. and what they've achieved and they was on the fringes of yeah. breaking that monopoly almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're not far behind that um, yeah. we, we could have the, one of them seasons hopefully we will have one of them seasons where we could be competing in, around that level that's probably our next next step mm-hmm. we've got we got, we've got with a few tweaks and a few additions we've got a good enough squad haven't we our squad's not far away from a Southampton or a Swansea is it no, no, no. no, but the question, I, I'm not sure Swansea or Southampton, as good as they are, yeah. can get in the No, they've had, a good, yeah. they've had a good year, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, uh, Paul's uh, question had a PS. It said, PS, Keith Millen is a legend. Yeah. He is, he is a legend. He is. He is. I am now, I'm not really. <laughs> I think did laugh when I saw that banner. What have I got to do to become one? <laughs> I think they, they didn't want you to get big-headed. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> but we've made it official, Keith. Right, okay. Right. Okay, he's moved up. The next question <laughs> is from one of our better-named listeners, Gordon Farquhar. Oh, Gordon. Oh, Gordon. Oh, says, <laughs> I used to live in Farquhar Road. Near Crystal Palace. SE19. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Gordon says, was the five-year plan ever that ambitious? There was no five-year plan. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, it's been five years, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's been, yeah, five years. I mean, Crazy. You know, we, uh, as, as Kevin was touching on, you know, the most important thing for, for us owning Palace was that Palace would not be going bust again mm-hmm. and being financially prudent was more important than being successful. But I think if you if you are financially prudent, you can become successful. But but the, the clubs who've, who've done crazy things... It, in order to achieve success, often don't achieve success. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got to where we are in a very sensible way. And if you know, if it hadn't worked out as well as this, 
it wouldn't have mattered b- b- because we, we were in control of it. I think it's sensible is the word, isn't it? Everything was just yeah. very much done in a kind of even keel, just yeah. nothing crazy. N- nothing crazy, but, but it, proves <coughs> it, it proves it works. And I hope that's a role model to other clubs in the championship, yeah. that, that you don't have to do a, a QPR or a Portsmouth and, yeah. and, 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 and risk everything. It seems strange that more clubs don't catch on to that, really, because everyone seems to just throw... The money at it, and it just seems that there are certain clubs now, like Palace and like Swansea, that, and to a certain extent, like Norwich, that are showing that you don't always have to throw millions and millions. Yeah, you wonder why everyone's not sort of caught onto that. But you look at Palace and Swansea and Norwich, and they're owned by fans of the club. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. and her husband are fans of the club. Hugh, Hugh Jenkins at Swansea and, uh, and us. Um, most football clubs are not owned by fans of the club, uh, and. And we, as fans of Palace, are particularly sensible to this because we've seen the mistakes that mm-hmm. have happened in the past at our club. Um, so you get people, other people buying football clubs. <coughs> who, who, I mean, there's, there's that thing about learning from history. If you don't, if you don't learn from history, you, you, you'll repeat the mistakes made in the past. And we've seen the mistakes other owners have made of our club and, and obviously of other clubs. So you... Anyway, as I said, it, it just proves if you're if you're sensible and careful, you can be successful. You don't you don't have to throw loads of, loads of money at it. And there's been no shortage of excitement though as well, doesn't? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's been it's been a really good two years. Sensible as it is off the pitch, on the pitch, it's been great. Yeah. Okay, uh, Gordon. Gordon's question has a second part to it, which is: Is the pod going to have a whole Tigers style change of name? I think because he thinks we've come to the end of a five-year plan oh, I see. kind of thing. Even well, though the pod's been going actually for about seven so years. So five-year plan was something that Mark Goldberg said, was it? He, Mark Goldberg said, said that when he, he came in. So they had a five-year plan to get Palace into Europe and we were in administration within 12 months. Yeah. That's a pretty good goal. Five-year plan. Thank God we didn't say that. It doomed us. He's got Bromley at the conference, though. He has. Fair enough. Yeah. And apparently he's now doing other stuff and so forth. We're not going to have a change in name. Or should we change after Vector? The Vector Podcast. Let's call it the Vector Podcast. The, the money they're throwing at it. I think that's the least they deserve. <laughs> the um, I wish. I wish it was. I don't money. Um, I. You know. No. No. Gordon. The pod is not changing. It's still going to be the FYP podcast forever. Um, well, well, we were looking earlier, weren't we, at the, at the lineup that Palace had when we first started this podcast, and Paul Ifill was still in the Palace team. Oh, yeah. Really. Craig Beatty was up front. Nick Cole was in midfield. And some guy called Julian Sparani was still in goal. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Beatty, quirky. Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of questions from people, including Andy Hopper. Hi, Andy. Um, asking about pre-season tours. Are there any, any tours particularly anywhere? America, Australia. <coughs> sorry. America and Australia seem to be places people would like Palace to go to. Any, right, any yeah, news on that? Understandably. Um, We're well, nearly there, aren't we? <laughs> the first week, we're going to... St George's in Burton, so okay. if you want to, not quite as far. Yeah, it's not quite <laughs> the same, is it? There's no beaches there. Um, <laughs> Lots of breweries. Yeah. I generally assumed that was a Caribbean island. Lovely. I'm there. So the first, yeah, the first week we go in there to do some testing and uh, use their facilities, and then the international lads will come back after having an extra time off. Mm-hmm. So the whole group will be together. And the next tour hasn't quite been finalised yet. No, so, not quite, but it's very exciting. Yeah. Okay, good. Or well, quite exciting. 
Good. One that would interest the fans to go to, I would say. One that would interest over- oh. overseas fans yeah. from certain places? I don't certain know. Places. It's not going to end up with me doing a 30 hour round trip in a car to see 45 minutes of football like Augsburg again, is it? <laughs> we got there late. I think you'll need a boat as well as a car. You need a passport. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. So yeah, Augsburg last season. We, we go to the Isle of Wight. We drove there and uh, we got stuck in traffic. <coughs> got there at half time and it was nil nil. Yeah. <laughs> so. so I still get sticks from the missus about that. My justification now is well, I saw Tony Pulis' last ever game as punishment. Yeah, because it was. Finished with a nil nil. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. At the back. <laughs> Next question is from uh, Bill, no, Ben Silverstein. Oh, ben. Ben. Oh, I said Bill. <laughs> <laughs> if there is one thing that Steve would have done differently this season, what would it be? Uh, Not give Parrish crisps on the um, FIP Christmas podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, was a, it was a terrible start, obviously, with, with the manager. Leaving just before we wouldn't have liked that. No, it's funny things things happen. You know, you you obviously it was a shame that that, that Tony left, but uh, I think I think it's all you know. Obviously, it's all worked out well in the end. Um, You know, I I don't think we'd have changed much. Um, Every every change we have in the last couple of years seems to us brought Palace on to the next level. Yeah, every change, even if it wasn't planned, seems to have got us. Exactly, exactly. When Dougie left, we were devastated for a little while. But then Ian came in, and the result of that was he brought Keith in, and yeah. you know, so everything everything has a silver lining. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, it, it's it's all worked out fantastically well. Um, it strikes me. Somebody said because there was some interest in the fact that we paid three million pounds to Newcastle to release Alan Pardew. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. But I mean, yeah. whatever the figure was, it's the sort of money you'd probably spend on a on a on an a average player. an average yeah, player. He's yeah. written three point two seven five. Yeah, you said that at the fair field. I did, but somebody but what, a left back. But what was interesting is that somebody said they thought that if it had been the first year of your ownership of the club, you probably wouldn't have paid Newcastle because you might not have considered well, it wouldn't, wouldn't have. No, but you, paid anything you, you might no, like that because yeah. certainly at the start, you you always spoke about not taking another club's manager and. It seems to me that was a sort of professional decision that you might not have... Well, Alan, Alan Pardew came to Palace only because Newcastle were prepared to, 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 to allow yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. it strikes me yeah. that's the sort of thing that... Because it's a kind of hard-headed business decision that perhaps you might not have made in the early days because you wouldn't have had the experience or the know-how or to do so. Yeah, and, you know, S- Steve is a full-time chairman now. Yeah. You know, the, the, the three of us are much more in the background. And, you know, he's, he's learned... You know, he, he was in advertising and he's learnt incredibly fast. He's the mm-hmm. smartest, cleverest bloke I've ever met, Steve Paris. Oh, so, really? yeah, no, he, he's brilliant. And, and he's learnt a lot how to run a football club. And, he's uh, got good he, hair too as well. <laughs> and a very nice hair. You know, he, 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 he does a brilliant job. Yeah. And, and it, you know, he, he works things out. He's a very clever bloke. Mm-hmm. And obviously when Tony went, you, we weren't in the position then two days before the start of the season you're not going to get a, um, an experienced manager from another club mm-hmm. so he, he made a choice with, with Neil which was a safe pair of hands for the short term And do you regret that one at all like in terms of no, no. do you think the rationale was still no because I think I think if Steve had, had made the decision then to 
give a three or four year contract to a to an unemployed manager who, who might or might not have been successful and and it, you know that that would have been a gamble instead he he thought right we'll we'll, we'll have someone with a experience who won't mind it being a short term thing so it was always at the back of the mind that there was someone sort of you know who would be more permanent but a little bit further down the track like Alan or yeah, you know, like, yeah. Like but it wasn't the time to, to, to panic and and I, I think yeah it's all worked out I, I, I don't I don't think we have any regrets good stuff okay last few questions then um, John Vince hi John. Hi John again I think um, if there was a remake of Reservoir Dogs <laughs> with <laughs> With Palace players, old and new, who would be in there? And he says Michael Hughes would be in there for sure. As what? As a member of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Jim Cannon would probably be in there. Is this basically the hardest Palace players? Though? Hardest Palace players. Kevin yeah. Muscat. Uh, Kevin Muscat, definitely. Mark yeah. Dennis. Mark Dennis, definitely. Oh, I'm yes. guessing Jed Matt is a very physically intimidating man. He's a big lad. You wouldn't want to be tied to a chair by me, Lee Jed. I've never thought that before. Keith Mellon. Keith Mellon. He does a good glare, doesn't he, me, Lee Jed? Yeah, it's all about Paddington's. Paddington beard's hard stare, me, Lee Jed. He's got a good beard as well. There's strong beard growing skills, aren't there? some big beards Have you been tempted, Keith, to. Definitely not. No. No. Couldn't offer a competition to. No. Joe Ledley's. Joe's trimming. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever just thought of saying to him, what, what are you doing? So no. Oh, no, no what's with Joe, they keep on to Joe about taking it off. No, I disagree. Oh, and what's he, he said he to that? He, he won't do Good it. Good lad. He's, okay. Yeah. Show him a picture of Trevor Hockey from the 70s. You remember Trevor Hockey? The biggest, he's played the the biggest beard. And a huge beard. That's what it will turn into. Joe Lindley's beard will turn into that eventually. I think it's the greatest beard I've ever seen yeah. in football. It's, it's changing colour a little bit, which is a bit worrying. <laughs> <laughs> As it's getting longer, it's into, changing colour. Into what? Into what? <laughs> Ginger? Just a yeah, bit there might have been a little bit of red there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Final question. Okay, final question from Paul Tant. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Paul says, can the podcast tell me what to do until August? There's no football... Hang on. It's winter down here. doesn't say where he is. And there's no proper football for months. It'll be the Southern Hemisphere, I imagine. Southern it? Hemisphere, okay. <laughs> Just keep looking at the league table. <laughs> Just keep pausing it on Sky Sports for a month yeah. for looking at that. Well, it's a short close season, isn't it? It's, it's the shortest ever, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, you're, you're back training in four weeks, aren't you? Yeah. <coughs> wow, is that all it is? Wow. Yeah, four weeks, yeah. Four weeks, really. Yeah. And there's the Women's World Cup to look forward to. There you go. There's yeah. the under-21s. Yeah, under-21s. England are playing in the under-21s. Are they holding that on like an aircraft hangar in typical FIFA style? Yeah, no, so, no, so hard, not any other 21, was that a shot? No. Um, not really, no. What? No, I think uh, I think Gareth maybe has moved on from that one. I think he's been We're involved not. in around it, hasn't right, he? Right, right. We're not complaining, are we? I mean, you, you, no. want, you want the players to have a rest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely you would. I, I was surprised that, that Mele's got to play for Australia on June the 15th well, or something. Again? Yeah. Yeah. One of the stands, anyway. Um, <laughs> So, you know, he's played in the World Cup. Yeah. He's played in the Premier League, then he had the Asian yeah. Cup. And he doesn't even get, he, you know, the four weeks actual holiday, he doesn't even get is that. Is that a qualifier? Uh, I think it is, yeah. Jeez, yeah okay. Some sort of qualifier. No, yeah. no, no ease up for him then. No. No. And, no. It, and it's an away game in uh, in a stand. Yeah. No, <laughs> that must affect, I mean, the physiology of a player must be affected by yeah. that. Yeah. Well, pre season now really isn't 
pre-season it's getting them back together right. and getting back training again really they haven't got a chance it's, to put on the no, three stone there. <laughs> <laughs> no there's no need for the bin bags <laughs> so like, it's completely different yeah, but physically you must take it I mean, no. mentally as well yeah the amount of travelling I think, I think Melee mentally when right. you come back from the the, uh, the January tournament mm. uh, the Asia Cup I mean winning that yeah. be a massive high being the captain and back, yeah, the yeah, yeah. it's it's a big big thing mentally with him as well yeah well good stuff okay that ends our uh, part two and the questions listeners thank you very much for your questions um, all season brilliant thank questions you. from our listeners apologies to those we couldn't read out we had a lot but thank you very much um, in part three we're looking forward to Jules' testimonial which is yes. obviously the next game and the only game left um, so join us in a bit Hello listeners, welcome back to the Five Year Plan End of Season Podcast. Decisive. Sponsored by Vector Printing for all your print and or embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector with her. Okay. Mm. Come on, it's the last run of the season. There we go. Good. Okay. Um, So this is the point where we normally look forward to the next game. There's no more games left in the league because the season's over, but there is a testimonial for um, the wonderful Julian Spironi. Uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, some listeners might be listening to this after the, the Jules Testament, and that's fine. Um, how, how, much, how much do we all love Jules? How much do we all love Spironi? There are no words. Okay. Well, well, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> not only as a, as a goalkeeper and a professional, but as a, as a person. I think that's why probably people love him so much, because he, he's just a lovely person. <laughs> um, Have you ever heard him swear? Get angry. <laughs> I've seen him get angry, but, uh, not too much swearing, but um, no, he, he gets angry, he gets disappointed, um, can get quite emotional, mm-hmm. but very professional as, as a worker, mm-hmm. but just a really nice person. Well, I think, an indica- I think one of the reasons they moved the hospitality at the Player of the Year to this year, so the, there was a sort of steps down from the stage to this room, is because last year, Julian didn't even get to hospitality. <laughs> Because he just every he stopped and spoke to everybody. He's always in the car park at Sellers yeah, signing every autograph, yeah. isn't he? And the thing is, as well, people I think people take for granted now. It's interesting. There's not many seasons where he hasn't been up for Player of the Year. Yeah. People just take for granted that he's a top class goalkeeper. You don't even mention his saves now. You just yeah. go. He's a, but we forget. Or those younger fans. He was. It didn't look like a top class goalkeeper when he first came to us. That mm. first season when he was dropped, we got Kiraya. Yeah. He's he cost us quite a few points in particular that Everton game he, didn't, he looked far from the goalkeeper he came well he's a brilliant he's, testament to professional abs- dedication abs- really isn't he and, and he, he was a third choice for, he was, yeah, for he was, a while yeah, yeah, I mean he was, yeah. was no one Lance Cronin I think yeah. was yeah. ahead of him no Scott Flinders Flinders, Flinders. Flinders. sorry not he Cronin. was terrible all the same Eddie and Tony was average but okay but still nowhere near as good as Spironi but yeah, it's, it is sort of testament to the, the obvious work ethic he's got that he kept plugging away, never complained to the press at all. Mm. Like never yeah. sort of whinged about his treatment, even when Peter Taylor mysteriously was signing goalkeepers left, right, and centre ahead of him. But also, and he improved in those areas. Just like several, <coughs> we all knew what a brilliant shot stopper he was. But it's only recently that under different managers, he's, he sort of comes for crosses more, controls, commands the box more yeah. than he used to. I think that's yeah. So, yeah I think he's improved in that respect, yeah. even yeah. though he's at age. Yeah. Um, and he also he's, he's, more commanding physically he's the opposite of most keepers in the Premier League as well because he's not 
It's not mm. big, is he? It's not. No. It's not. You look at Hennessy compared to him, for example. Yeah. Hennessy's a much more typical yeah. Premier League goalkeeper, so it's, which makes it even more amazing that Julian's kept his place and done so well. I think. Yeah. You think? It, I, I would say you think the the number of points he saved us, oh, the mm. number of yeah. draws that became wins or losses that became draws. The, there are very few strikers who would score goals that turn games. Yeah. That, mm. You know, well, the, 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 the Chelsea game last year, I think, the one yeah. 0 the save when it, save from Moscow. Yeah, and, it, they, and they, Hazard they, as well. Hazard, yeah, sorry, Hazard, Hazard, yeah. for about fifteen minutes, and they just broke it down. It seems that Julian's always got every game. He's got one world class save. Yeah, he seems to always pull out one yeah. amazing save. Um, obviously, he's he's getting on a bit. That uh, whenever he does decide to hang up his his gloves, is, is there a role for him at the club, Steve? To, to be an ambassador or something or, or stick around or, and or goalkeeper coach I don't, or know. Go- exactly. I don't know I'd, I'd love it I'd love it if he never never left but uh, that's up to him yeah probably be too uh, busy signing autographs outside his restaurant in Pearly <laughs> he told a great story about how the fact uh, there's a couple of schools in Pearly Cross not that far from the restaurant and he seems to spend like hours every day because they, they all the kids come past and go can you leave that for Julian to sign can you leave like <laughs> all my gloves my mum's yeah. homework book like all sorts of stuff for him to sign he, he apparently does absolutely everything and um, well if anyway if, if any player deserved a testimonial yeah yeah, yeah, yeah um, it, it, it's Julian he's, he's loved by the, the other players by, yeah. the, by the management by the obviously by the fans yeah so uh, I hope it's going to be a great night <coughs> well, it's, it's sure also it a testament to him that he chose Dundee to be because you know in an ideal world you would have chosen Barcelona, but he yeah. chose Dundee because he's still got a lot of happy memories of. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and, and he didn't. He could have gone for a bigger club, yeah. uh, which would have cost more money. Yeah. But and the other thing is, all the proceeds of the night are going to charity. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's a tax-free opportunity for a footballer. Yeah. Uh, and you know he's he's not into that, so yeah, um, he's not making anything out of it at all. Yeah. He's having Marie Curie, yeah. and, and various other local. Some ones, of it, I, I think, think as well. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's a, he's a humble bloke, and uh, and I'm sure Palace fans will be out in force. So just to confirm, then night. people can turn up on the night if they haven't got tickets yet. They can still get tickets from the door. All yeah. tickets go to charity. So yeah, it's yeah, it's not expensive. It's twenty, 20 quid. quid. It's fiver for kids. Yeah, it's half term. So exactly. And so who, who are the guest players? We've got some guest players. Quite a few. Aki Realati. Yeah. John John Salako. Yeah. Yep. Lovely. Brighty, I'm assuming. No, Brighty's got a dodgy hip. Yeah. Uh, so he can't play. But um, Dundee have got a couple of. Tamari Catspire. Yeah. Catspire. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Charlie Adams is playing for Dundee. Was oh, he? Yeah. yeah. Charlie oh, Adams playing wow. for Dundee. Okay. So we've got. Um, it's the first team in the first half. Okay. Brilliant. So most of the first team will be playing in the first half, and then uh, more of a guest sort of older players in the second yeah. half. So it's a real selection. Some yeah. some of whom have not been announced. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. So we'll a, few, be a few stars on the night. Yeah. There'll be a couple of wow moments. Can yeah. you reveal any on the podcast? Nope. You've got to turn up. I mean, he, he did put in his star eleven, Messi, yeah. in the Guardian yesterday. Did he? So yeah. I'm just saying, get to Zelda just in case. <laughs> it, yeah. could, it could be Messi. <laughs> <laughs> and Dundee have sold. It's like the beer festival. <laughs> <laughs> Dundee have sold seventeen hundred as well, haven't they? Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long way from from Dundee to Sellers yeah. Park, and, and they've they've well last week they'd sold seventeen hundred, yeah. so they might well bring two thousand fans, which is yeah fantastic. And he, he hasn't played for them for what is it, eleven years? Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. It's really amazing. Amazing. We're, they we're, have we're, you have to bear in mind that we are 
a proper Premier League team now, so it's a good night out for them as well. That's yeah. patronising, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not. It's not. I generally mean that. Whichever, whichever of the Dundee teams they are. It's their cup final, isn't it? It's like getting into Europe for them, yeah, basically. <laughs> and I like the idea of you saying they're travelling down. There'll be 1,700 London-based Dundee fans. <laughs> well, you know, Julian made it into the Hall of Fame despite only playing for them for two seasons. Did he? Yeah. Wow. No, they inducted him into the Dundee we, Hall of we Fame. We haven't got a Hall of Fame, have we? But he'd be in there if there was a Palace Hall of Fame. I think he'd have to be right? in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. What's that? Dundee, we should have a Hall of Fame. Dundee have got a Hall of Fame. We have a Hall of Fame. When you say a hall of fame, or a room, or I don't. You can put a crystal somewhere, like you know. Hall, isn't it? I can't imagine. Alan Gilzean, he used to play for Dundee. Remember Alan Gilzean? Yeah, I remember. Can yeah, we we should have a hall of fame. Then. Should we? Let's start a campaign for a hall of no, fame. No, a statue. Yeah. Can we have a statue before we get a hall of fame? A statue. Yeah. Michael Jackson. <laughs> no, the statue is clearly, clearly going to be James Endicott. That's going to be. I don't think we can afford that much. That's a lot of lead. You've got to nick a lot of lead off a lot of roofs for that. Um, oh, the poor sculptor has got to do that. Imagine Michael Angelo with a sledgehammer chucking it. Feels, Julian, Julian, it feels like one of the. Because these days, there are, footballers don't hang around that long. Footballers don't stay at clubs for five, ten years. It feels like the, one of the last kind of proper cult hero, fan, yeah. fan favourite legends at a club. Who was the last club player tester? Was it Phil Barber? The, no, Simon, the, Simon Roger. Oh, Simon Roger. Dougie. 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 And then Neil Warnock subbed him after 20 minutes and everyone got really pissed off. <laughs> That's a true fact. Can yeah. I get my money back for that one? Do you know, no. do you know which person around this table, well, that's giving it away, really, <laughs> had, had a testimonial at age 27? Well, I don't think it was Jim Daly, so I'm going to go with Keith Miller. Did you? Yeah. Which club? Yeah. Where was that? Brentford. Oh, really? There we yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. 27 against Tottenham. Wow. wow. Griffin Park. How so. was it? Good? Yeah, really good. Which yeah. charity did you give the yeah. money to? <laughs> <laughs> Keith Miller Foundation. <laughs> And I'll put it to good use. Pound a ticket. <laughs> in them days. Oh, God. Also, you must have been rooting for Brentford in the playoffs, then. Yeah, no, they did. Close to my heart, Brentford, yeah. yeah. They yeah, had a great Brentford. season. They did very well. Yeah, Brentford. the Wolves didn't play in autism, did no, it was it was a pre-season oh. serious one, unfortunately, oh, yeah, yeah. which okay. they're not quite them, as good. You want them at the end of the season. This is this yeah. is for me is a celebration of yeah. what Julian. You're going to try and sub yourself on tomorrow, Keith. I'm sort of in charge of the team and that. So come on, see, you, you, if you're in charge of the team, <laughs> if, come if it's, it's nil nil, I might go on. Keith's coming <laughs> up just to shore it up. <laughs> I think you should, well, uh, Julian, I think you should make a speech at the end because he's quite modest, isn't he? Yeah, well, I don't know, but I'm sure he'll want to thank everybody yeah. for the support yeah. that he's been given. There'll be a lot of leaflets for Spironi's restaurant under the seat as well. <laughs> <laughs> he's a proper, he's, he's, he's a proper bona fide Palace legend. Oh, yeah. For all the reasons, playing, yeah. personality, everything about it. Yeah, and we've had, we've been blessed with some great goalkeepers, haven't we? John Jackson's the first one I properly remember, but you know, Nigel Martin. Brilliant. Nigel Martin. Yeah. You know, some great yeah. goalkeepers. And Alex Kalinko. And yeah, and he's up there with. Oh, you know, Julian's up there with the best keepers we've had. Good stuff. Without a doubt. Right, well, that's it. So, so George's testimonial is Tuesday. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, it's tonight um, against. <laughs> Against Dundee United. Well, listening on Wednesday. Why didn't you go all? You well, missed I'm it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, at Sellers Park, 7:45 kickoff. Eight. Eight. Eight o'clock kickoff. <laughs> That's. When eight. did we last have a 7:45? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. 
and it's and that's different set of fifteen minutes. So when you when you're working, it's at least a point, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and that, folks, brings to the end the FYP podcast for this season. Oh. oh. Okay. We've no got one. a special coming up, don't forget. We, we are going to do a summer special as well. So there is, look out for that in the summer at some point. We're not going to say when. What, the two themes? Where's that going to be? We do. <laughs> <laughs> what, <in> some beach. <laughs> um, St. George's. It's going to, um, we, don't, we don't know where, I don't know. When, I don't know. Oh, so okay. Who knows? All right. Um, well, <laughs> we got asked two really difficult questions, which is which of the 1990 team would get anywhere near the team today? Yeah. And which is the the best no your best Palace 11 in the last no five aside oh five yes which so we're going to do a whole pod on on, on that basically, basically and the five best Stephen players. Keith you're welcome to join us for that pod if you want to give your, yeah. your thoughts on the best ever five aside team um, because that's going to take some time yeah. and talking of which best of luck to the FYP six aside team in the BBS tournament on the pitch yeah. This yeah. Saturday, we, we we accept your thanks for winning the tournament in advance. And can I just say, I'm not Well, I'm not a vindictive man. I didn't even know there was an FYP six aside team. Because there's only four people who do the pod, I still haven't been asked to play in a six aside team. You know, this is a massive bonus. To Terry, there were men down here, not been asked. This is a massive bone of contention. Actually, we played a game against HOL Radio about yeah. a year and a half ago, yeah. and they're still annoyed that you and Endicott didn't play. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they accused us of putting ringers in so well, next time we play you, you and Endicott are going to have to I'm a brilliant five but remember my only trophies of, I was part of the uh, London Ambulance Service five-a-side team we won the National Ambulance five-a-side trophy oh, there we go I'm a very good five-a-side football I just can't play football on normal pitch I'm <laughs> a good five-a-side goalkeeper he's in the team actually, me and Endicott uh, in goal no one's going to score in a five-a-side goal with me and Endicott <laughs> <laughs> actually Keith team. what are you doing on a 30th fancy playing for FYP <laughs> hey, he's coming to the North Festival <laughs> Okay, all right. <laughs> bring, bring your boots. Okay, anyway, that is the end of the FYP podcast uh, for this week and for this season. So, listeners, thank you very much for listening uh, each week and sending your questions in. Apologies, we couldn't read them all out, but we get some brilliant questions and we appreciate them. And we appreciate your support throughout the whole season. Um, you'll hear from us in the summer with our FYP Extra pod um, on those themes Kevin suggested. We've got um, a website relaunch as well. We're having a website relaunch as well, so look out for that. And obviously follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And that's kind of it. Well, also, I think we should point out that there are uh, Steve brought to our attention, a, which <coughs> on the podcast, a brilliant letter from the parent of a, an autistic child has been yeah. a wonderful improvement through the club. But there aren't many clubs who uh, would have the coach and the assistant, well, one of the owners, uh, coming on the podcast as well. So I think we should yeah. voice our appreciation for... Uh, Keith and Steve for, for doing that as well absolutely I enjoyed it yeah. Yeah. we appreciate well, having you on yeah. continually you're, you're basically pod regulars yeah. now essentially and uh, we very much appreciate it so Steve thank you very much for hosting us and coming on the podcast cheers and Keith thank you very much for returning to the pod no problem enjoyed it Andy Street <laughs> <laughs> whatever see you in the beer first see you here uh, Kevin of course thank you for, for being on the pod and listeners thank you for listening we'll see you very soon but other than that, it's goodbye. It's time.
time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Sports Social Podcast Network.